that time once again for the Snobcast. It's episode, what, 19, Jay? I have no fucking idea. I don't know. I think it's episode 19, and today we have one guy who never makes any goddamn appearances anymore, but we're glad to have him back. James! James! <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going, guys? Happy holidays to everyone listening. I uh, hope you all are prepping for what could possibly be the greatest Christmas in quite a while. Oh, damn. All Christmases are terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, well. We also have with us a great stop-motion animator and a friend of Shay's who's joyously given us her time during this holiday season. Fabi, Fabi, say hello to all of the hooligans that watch this and listen to this. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yes, it's, a, it's exciting times. And then, of course... Always here to join me, the OG hooligan herself. <laughs> hey, Simone, say <laughs> OG, what's up, everybody? How's it feel? Being broke. Can't, oh. can't relate. I actually have a lot of money. Good for you. Who can't relate? Uh, and then, of course, we are graced with the presence of Landon, baby boy. Landon. Hello. How is everybody? Dulcet tones. Oh. Yes. Dulcet tones. I'm so broke. Today, we are talking about a topic that I am a huge fan of, uh, and that is stop motion animation. That's why we have Fabi here, since she's in the know and in the go and knows how to do this stuff and knows the meticulous nature of which these films are crafted and created. Um, we've all picked three uh, fantastic claymation stop motion films, and one of mine is not necessarily, but it's adjacent. Um, oh. And as per usual, we'll get started. James, can you just give us what your picks are, so that because you know you're not going to have a lot of time to talk about them. Absolutely, I'm. I'm sure some of you are might already pick them, but uh, two Celix, of course, James and the Giant Peach, uh, Coraline, and then I'll take Fantastic Mr. Fox as the last one. I have Perfect. to see uh, yes that new Phil Tippett picture. It sounds amazing. Shay, your review, I read it and it sounds like it's an absolute trip. So that's on the it. list. But yeah, those are terrific, amazing staples of animation. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I'm glad you guys all said that because you're going to lose respect for Leica by the end of this podcast. I can guarantee you because I'm going to have a story for you guys. Oh, oh about Leica. <laughs> I'm excited. And it's Let's going to be it. amazing. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to expand. Since we can't expand on your picks, James, since you won't fucking be here, we're going to let Fabi tell us her first selection so we can talk in depth about it. Fabi, what was your first pick? Um, So I decided to choose... Um, sorry. <laughs> I decided to choose uh, The Cameraman's Revenge. So that was my first one. Ooh, and then this one you have it no, it's please. on youtube it's like 12 minutes long oh, it's no, like about this. this is the bug one right yeah from like 1912 oh wow yeah i have seen this <laughs> wow i've yes. never seen film knowledge real bugs. what <laughs> they used real bugs she's gonna probably talk about this but fabi tell us about the cameraman's revenge i have seen this actually um, Blame It on Jorge, a wonderful YouTube channel, actually talked oh. about this particular short film because it's it was a it was seen as lost for a long time. Am I wrong here, Fabi? No, yeah, you're right. You're completely right. It was it was there was parts of the film that were lost, and I guess um, I can't remember who it was or like if it was a group of like people, but they they like restored the film 
and it was like a 1912 um animated short film from russia yeah so. and in, in its native language it's called Mist. <laughs> I wonder how accurate that was. I just read it. That was a lot of <laughs> words. Yeah, no, from... I'm, I'm looking at it. That's a lot of freaking syllables. And it's a lot of Russian words. <laughs> this looks adorable. <laughs> it's actually not as adorable as it seems because we're going to tell you what it's about. And you're going to be like, what the fuck? So it's Communism. called. So, Fabi, why don't you tell people listening what it's about? Because I know what it's about. And, but why don't you tell them what it's about? So basically, it's about this like married couple. It's like these like bugs. They're bugs. And, um, basically they've gotten like bored like they've grown bored of each other and i guess one of the bugs is like having an affair with uh a nightclub dancer and he goes out to the nightclub and then like basically like he has sex with the other bug <laughs> and like yeah i i don't want to spoil it i feel like you guys have to watch it because it's like it's it like everything is animated with like the the dead the dead bugs so it's like i don't know <laughs> it's very wow. very very rigid animation too because they're yeah. dead bugs Corpses. so what happens is the miss the the dead the bug cheats and gets caught by a cameraman yeah yeah busted red meat. damn and the thing is the the dragonfly the the mr grasshopper is cheating with the cameraman is the the dragonfly's ex-boyfriend so the cameraman's revenge in this sense is the ex-boyfriend recording the salaciousness and he has this blackmail piece that he can give to mrs beetle oh my gosh it's 12 minutes long (laughs) (laughs) it's that was made in 1912 yeah it's awesome wow awesome that is so wow No, I love this pick. Once I saw what it was, I looked at it. I was like, I know this. I, I remember watching Blame It on Jorge talk about this as a piece of lost mm-hmm. media. And uh, it's it's incredibly cool. It's such a cool film. I'm so glad yeah. you to, to, to the attention. Because uh, it's so funny because I know you're going to like it when you watch it. Yeah. Because it's so cool. It's very Phil really Phil Tippett. Oh, my God. Because they're live dead bugs. Yeah. We love that. As, as oxymoronic <laughs> as Dead as bugs. Me. Signature style. Yeah. <laughs> Five dead bugs instead of big giant shit monsters. <laughs> uh, giant ass wieners, yeah. Giant yeah. ass wieners. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it, Phil Tibbet. <laughs> You've ruined it for everyone. I want more. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more because and why why did you pick this? Because this is such an odd choice for 2022, being that it's 110 years old. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to like pick um like stop motions that I guess like you guys could like like know more about because mm-hmm. I feel like like yeah obviously like yeah Coraline I mean no shame like <laughs> I love Coraline and no no this, absolutely like, it's yeah I, under- I understand what you're trying to do you're trying to broaden the not the spectrum but introduce new aspects of of, of animation that you know that's occurred like we can now say like a century ago and a lot of the roots of animators that we're talking about today might as well have derived from those types of films. So, bravo in that regard. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And also, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's really cool to have different, sort of like different, see different things that you can animate with. 
you know, like not just bugs, but I've seen like people that have animated with like felt or that have animated with like, um, you know, like, like it, like it, it can be like very creative. So I kind of just wanted to, to show that. I, I love the, well, already looking at the screen caps and all that, I love the presentation of just usually, and the fact that they're actual like bug corpses, it's just so fun and so fascinating. Best. It's so playful. It's the literal best. And, and like, considering it's 1912, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like excited to watch it now. Just like, a, like the perfect, like bite size, like thing. No, it's great. Actually. Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. It's actually really oh good. Oh my God. I, I watched it because when you go to watch Blame It on Jorge's video, he has links to all the original like versions. So the, the link is in his uh video and I went and watched it. It's directed by Vladislav Stervich. Yeah. Very Russian name. Uh, great, great choice, Bobby, to start us off. I really like that one. Uh, that's amazing, guys. Uh, that's, that's, that's awesome. I wish I could stay for the full hour. We're going to so many great films. Uh, I, I gotta get dip out though, but it was it was great hearing uh your pick and it was great seeing you guys again. It I'm getting to. It's nice meeting you. Yeah, it was nice meeting you too. Uh, you guys have a wonderful conversation. Happy holidays. I will catch you on the flip side. Yes, you will, sir. We love you. <laughs> I love that guy so much. He oh, he's so excited. He seems so nice. Me. I have I have nothing nice to say about most people. Mm -hmm. But I have literally nothing bad to say about James. Yes. He is the nicest man. Except that you hate him because he's never around. Exactly, James. <laughs> he hates you because you never come by anymore. <laughs> you oh, son no. of a bitch. He'll have to we'll we'll have to make Sundance happen. Yes. The year after. Well, speaking of that, we're gonna get into a little bit more about that later on when we get there. Ooh. But I do want to talk about Landon. I know you got some picks for me, dog. What you got? You got Still counts. Still counts? Still counts. Because yeah. there's stop motion all up in that bitch. Yes. Up in that and bitch. especially because the best scene in the movie is stop motion. Yeah. The dream sequences of the driving. Exactly. This film. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's freaking amazing. That's it, hard. Oh, that's my favorite scene. That's the scene. Pure, like, utter destruction. I love that movie. Ty, like, dude. Tim Burton's directorial debut. Yeah. People forget this. Jim, it, it, people forget Pee Wee's Big Adventures. Like, uh, weirdness. Yeah. Weirdness, but also that's what uh, that's when producers really started paying attention. To yeah. Yeah. Like, well, that oh, I think the film that really did that was Edward Scissorhands because of the cinematography and mm. the, and the the aesthetic of the whole film. But True. but really, yes, Pee Wee is where the just like weirdness. He was like, well, this guy because Pee Wee. You gotta understand, Pee Wee Herman was a television show, and it was. A thing, and nobody really understood the aesthetic besides whoever was on the show. For him to nail the aesthetic mm -hmm. of Pee Wee Herman in a feature length and still make it interesting enough, mm -hmm. like I yeah, use adult themes in it exactly. Really made it fun to watch as a kid, and then when you get older, I use a line from that movie all the time. I'm a loner, Daddy. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> always love that fucking. Always. <laughs> I love that movie and I love that pick. That's such a great pick. And and that's not cheating. That's a legitimate stop motion. Those are legitimate stop motion scenes. Because I'm gonna be cheating a little bit too later on with one of my picks. But also the movie wouldn't be the same without those sequences. No, they wouldn't. It would absolutely not be the same. It's completely true. And when you start mixing mediums like that in film, that's when things start to get interesting. And, and whether you're mixing reality yeah. with high stop motion with regular animation, you know, uh, 
playhouse where they have like talking furniture. And stuff yeah, the like couch that. talk. So, yeah. So there is like, Lawrence Fishburne in a cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, there there is like that 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 dream kind of whimsical like experience as well, and then for them to be able to uh, accomplish that with uh, stop motion for the film, it just really and it's all good animation up. too. Like yeah. it's well animated, and it doesn't really it doesn't bog the film down. And that's such a great. Great point. What do you think, Fabi? What do you think of Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Um, I I just remember being fascinated by it when I was a kid. Um, I I don't remember like like the film entirely, but I I just was like you guys just told me it was directed by Tim Burton. Like I had no clue it was directed by Tim Burton. I was like, what? Yeah, it's his it's his debut. Not even just like directed by him. It's the first time that he got handed a feature. And it's weird because it's one of the reasons he got Batman. Wow. Wow. Didn't know that? I thought it was like a... It was the movie made so much money. The movie made so much money. Warner Brothers was like, can he do it? <laughs> can he make us some money off this Batman thing? Yeah. Well, he's good at handling darkness and good at handling weird characters. Mm-hmm. So maybe. That was, yeah, that was... That- would have seemed like it would be would have been a bit more of a game. Well, that and Vincent, Vincent's dark, his short Vincent. film Vincent. I love. Yeah, his, which could qualify, but it is a short film. His short film Vincent is also stop motion. It's great. Um, yeah, and it it's one of the reasons that they that they knew he understood the darkness that would be required yeah. to make Batman. And and Vincent, so. he made that when he was college. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah and it's Callum. it's the precursor to a movie that's not we're not going to talk about today, but I will mention later because it connects to one of my picks. Um, but I love that pick, Landon, and that is not cheating. That is a legitimate choice. Uh, I'm pretty sure you do. Yeah, good. Love that. Love that. Shay, what you got for me first up? Okay, so first up, I'm going with uh, something that I recently watched because I wanted to kind of, like James said, broaden the horizon or whatever. Um, And there's this one movie I had to try really, really hard because I've mentioned it the other podcast, Mary and Max, but within the same kind of era, let me make sure when it was released, um, starring Jeffrey Rush, there's this movie called $9.99, and it was released 2008. So I think it was like a year or two after Mary and Max. So it was kind of in that, like, that sweet spot, that era where a lot of stop motion animation films were being funded and were coming out, but they were also mostly international. So this one, I believe, is... Uh, yes from england and it's directed by it's actually israeli tasha rosenthal israeli yeah tasha rosenthal is an israeli director yeah or they haven't directed much else other than Uh, bucksworth which is another short film it's it's both actually but this is the opera well yeah because most of the characters are australian but the director herself is oh is uh, is jewish israeli jewish anyway it's a what is it on short stories by I don't know who I have it right here. Uh, Itgar Kirid. Thank you. Kirid. Kirid. Which makes a lot of sense because basically what it's about is uh it's a slice of life sort of film, um, strung or framed together by the concept of what is the meaning of life or what makes life worth living. The super important existential question of our lifetime. Always. But the way it's delivered <laughs> is super super cute because you have this wide range of characters uh jeffrey rush's uh angel character is hilarious and he just like he's the complete opposite of who you would think would be an angel um because he's kind of just in it for himself he played the marquis de sade 
Marquis de Sade. And Quills. I would never imagine him being an angel. Yeah. No, he's like, okay, so he's he starts off the movie. So this is just the very first scene. He mm. starts off the movie asking a guy for money for a coffee and a cigarette. I see him smoking on the cover. And they have this whole conversation. The guy's like, I'm not going to give you money for a coffee and a cigarette. Like, I'm busy. Go away. Like, I'm not interested. And then the and then Jeffrey Rush's character pulls out a gun and then points it at his face. And he's like, how about now? <laughs> and the guy's just like, well, now you're forcing my hand. Like, that's not right. That's not cool, buddy. And then he tries talking me down. And he's just like, get the gut away from your head. But I'm still not buying you whatever. And then they have this go- whole conversation and go into it. And um, he he tries to use his intellect out of the conversation. But it's just well, like very clearly uncomfortable for him. I love it. I love and it. then the guy kills himself in front of this guy. And then that's how the movie starts. But it's it the way it follows is fuck? it's fucked up. <laughs> like a dogma situation. It's a dogma situation. I felt like the vibe. Yeah, oh it, because it has no it has a lot of surreal scenes and elements to it, which makes exactly. it really, really fun. And you know, despite its darker themes, you know, you get the feeling or the sense that all of the characters are kind of on the brink or on the possibility of death or being dead. Like when you see a character like, you know, considering ending their lives or they're drinking too much or they're standing on a ledge of the apartment complex um you're just like whoa you know there's a real weight to um their life stories here because you kind of see what they're roped up in you're you seeing their situations one guy is trying he has a partner who's trying to make him grow up because he's a man child Mm. because she wants to settle down and have kids Mm. but at the same time he's like within his own head he's attached to being a man child and just different deliberations like that, different stages in our lives that it goes through, through all of these characters. Um, and some situations are a lot more silly and surreal than others, you come to realize, which makes it really, really funny. But overall, I just really, really fucking enjoyed this film. It's really well animated. Um, the way that the puppets are designed look very close to being real people, except for the lips. It has a very Amalisa yeah. to it. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was like thinking of that. I was like, it's giving me Anomalisa vibes. Or late, late, um, late Will Packer animation, which is the original studio that did the California Raisins. Oh, their animation style that they had on the show that they did for Comedy Central or the show they did for Eddie Murphy, the PJs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the PJs. Uh, it has that sort of style to it. I think mm-hmm. when I look. At yeah. It. Which makes it even like easier to fall into the characters and their lives yeah. and stuff. You guys the... didn't know I was an animation nerd, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have an idea of what you're going to follow this one up with. But yeah, highly recommend this movie. I've been wanting to see it for a long time. So I'm glad, you know, I was able to use this as a platform to see That's it. That's great. Um, the performances are wonderful. They feel very naturalistic. Um, you know, Jeffrey Rush is a great actor, 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 period. But he was great in this. He's, he's great in like, everything. This literally. kind of um, he he plays it like a dirt bag, but it's an angel. I love it. And it's just like, it's very funny. And these characters are just trying to figure their shit out, and it's very entertaining. So it's a lot like what's that Tom? What's that Todd Solent movie? Um, you know the one I'm talking about, right? Um, Todd Solent movie. Uh, it's like a oh, happiness. happiness. Exactly. Thank you. It's like happiness, but much, much less disturbing. But with and animation. But with yeah. animation. Yes. <laughs> and less pedophilia. It's less pedophilia and cum. Got it. Yep. That's, that's the vibe I got. Was that's, like a Todd Solens vibe. Exactly the vibe. Okay. It's, it's, you know, it's slice of life, but not, you know, disturbing. And the thing is, I've never seen this movie, but just looking at it and, and you're yeah. talking about it, I'm like, I got Todd Solens. Marion Max. 
Okay, because Mary Max, we're not going to talk about Mary Max because we did a few because podcasts we, ago. But I, yeah, fucking great Australian animated we'll uh, feature. Throw that in there. Sprinkle out that Mary Max rules. The movie's awesome. What did you think about it, babe? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's heartfelt, but it's also like very, very funny. Yes. Did you get the chance to check out 1999? Yeah, we watched it together. What did you think? Awesome. Yeah. It was just to see each people you know unfolding in different ways and then how they kind of tie together mm-hmm. some kind of way and it's like jumping back and forth in time as well yeah okay day. so they're playing with the chronology a little bit yeah too. and uh i was like wait is that character that one from the past mm-hmm. from the future wait, yeah what? it just kind of throws you into it but that then you get a character it looks like a clay version of like mia farrow mia farrow hmm i can see it because of the hairstyle but also no but yeah. oh, her what happens with her character mm. is really fucking funny, and I can't say I'm. I really want to talk about what happens really bad, but y'all are just gonna have to because there's no. I you also, and I'm like that. There's no way that you could see what, what happens. I want to watch it. Don't spoil what it. comes it's with gonna that. Cost you nine ninety five to watch nine ninety nine. Nine dollars and ninety nine. It's literally three dollars on iTunes. But uh, also <laughs> the the reason very briefly the reason it's titled nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Is because that's how much it costs to understand the meaning of life, and that's it. Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And that's it. I love that. All right, great, great pick to start. As usual, my dog. I'm gonna go with the most like cliched pick to start. My Yay. most cliched pick. Yay. Which is uh, ironic. My favorite animated films of all time, and James mentioned it earlier as one of his picks, but I'm gonna mention it now from 2009, directed by the brilliant. Stop motion animator Henry Selick is Coraline. Yes. Uh, yes. Coraline Jones, voiced by Dakota Fanning, in one of the least annoying roles she's ever done, because most of her other ones are quite annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> a young woman who's moved just moved across country from Michigan to mm-hmm. wherever the fuck California they live mm-hmm. in this movie. In this movie, and she's lonely. She doesn't. Her parents don't really pay attention. Her mother's always busy helping her dad mm-hmm. make their little calendar. Mm-hmm. Or whatever they do it's like a like a gardening it's calendar. a gardening magazine yeah something like that calendar thing and she begins to get into her own head and starts to experience a little bit of strange activity when she goes through a keyhole behind the wall in her mm-hmm. in her new house and discovers that there's an entire sub-universe mm-hmm. behind there run by a woman that looks strangely like her mother the other mother but it's the other mother and everyone has buttons for eyes and we don't know why they have buttons for eyes but we soon find out that in this other world, everybody acts differently. Mm-hmm. Whether that's the two old ladies who love their Yorkshire Terriers, or Scottish, they're Scottish Terriers, <laughs> right? Or it's terrifying, the talking cat voiced by the, the lovely and amazingly talented Keith David, mm. who is my favorite character in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Alexander Bobinski, Mister Bobinski, voiced by <laughs> McShane, Mister Bobinski is the best. And I love this movie so much. Whitey is the dopest. A king. Absolute king. Absolute king. Loving his queen. Uh, <laughs> Coraline, amazing. The animation's brilliant. The darkly funny. It's based, obviously, on an, an incredible mm-hmm. book by the wonderful and amazing Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. who is one of my yes. favorite authors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Sandman is my favorite comic book of all time. And so the fact that Neil Gaiman is, you know, wrote a book. And my son read this book when he was in, like, fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Because it's he loves so good. So much. It's so good. Um, the movie um, is absolutely fucking phenomenal. It looks amazing. My favorite scene actually is when he's trying to win. Coraline's later in the movie trying to find all the eyes. Mm-hmm. 
and she goes to the stage oh, production. Oh yeah! Oh my god! It's, it's and it's just an audience full of Scottish Terriers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're all like. <laughs> and uh, it's the two old ladies when they were young ladies, uh-huh. complete with their corsets, mm-hmm. doing their whole routine. Oh, uh, it's like crazy! You can't even. They turn into gorgons at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Both of those scenes, like, now that you mention it, are probably my most favorite, like, active scenes in yeah. the movie. Because, one, they're fucking terrifying. But, two, they're hilarious. And then they're terrifying again. Yeah. But it's so well animated and so creative. And, oh, my God. And every time, like, because Charmaine, mm-hmm. my son's mom, went, just went as Coraline for Halloween. I'm thinking next year that I could just go as Mr. Jones. Have my Michigan stage uh, sweater on. And, oh, my twitchy, witchy girl. Oh, I think you are so nice. Like make you lots of porridge and I'll make you lots of ice, ice cream. <laughs> yeah, every time. Dude, I oh love this movie. So Coraline is an incredible film. Henry Selleck, to me, is one of the best stop motion animation directors alive, living. I mean, yes. James James mentioned earlier because, of course, he did. <laughs> a giant peach. Oh, that's um, funny. Because his name's in it, mm-hmm. which is also directed by Henry Selleck. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the absolute classic, which people often mistake, was directed by Tim Burton. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Like, thank you for saying that. Because I feel like so many people think it's like, you know, it's like Tim Burton, like, made it, mm-hmm. you know, right. like, animated. And it's not true. Based on his characters and on his designs. That's why it's called his Tim poetry. Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh-huh. But all the character designs come down from him. But the actual physical direction, moving each and every one of those puppets to do what they had to do, mm-hmm. that was all Henry Selleck. That's such a strange misconception, but that's what uh, we all grew up thinking. That's what I grew no, up thinking. No, no, everyone else did because I was a little film nerd. I paid attention. Mm-hmm. And I would watch the behind the scenes on the VHS. Mm-hmm. So I literally know everything about The Nightmare Before. Yeah. So question. So what was the reason behind him not directing and taking on the full-on project? Was he busy doing something Because else? Henry is the yeah. He was doing well, Edward Scissorhands. He was doing Edward Scissorhands and working on Superman. Uh, yeah. Superman. <laughs> yeah, Superman lived, which never happened. And that documentary, on that, by the way, if you guys have never seen it. When Nicolas amazing. Cage is supposed to play. And oh. you guys have never seen the documentary, uh, The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, which we did, we actually got a chance to talk to the director a week before he died, John, John Snepp. Um, oh. It's an incredible documentary. And it, between bat, doing that, Batman Returns, Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's stop motion, a uh, uh, a style that he's not quite familiar with mm-hmm. yeah that mm-hmm. is why he didn't direct it. and it's weird because it's not like he couldn't have done it i mean look at wes anderson in yeah. james's other pick fantastic mr fox wes anderson moved every single one of those puppets um, whether it's that or an isle of dogs mm-hmm. which is also a great oh, yes yeah. um both of those picks wes anderson moved every single one but that's because wes anderson is obsessive compulsive <laughs> And needs to have perfect symmetry Extremely, in every one of his Yeah, detail-oriented. Um, and even and that's evident in that scene where we meet Boggers, Bunces, and Beans, where everything <laughs> is exactly centered. Uh-huh. Uh, great, great, great scene. I love that. Great scene. Oh, but um, back to Coraline, there's no misses in this movie. We're going we're gonna to talk about this for the next five hours. Um, this is probably one of the most important animated films ever made, at least in the with the length of my time being alive. This was my favorite movie growing up. Uh, growing up no I'm going to tell you this. This is your Nightmare Before Christmas. Exactly. Because that came out, Nightmare Before Christmas came out in 1992. I was five years mm-hmm. old. Oh, I was God. exactly the right age to yeah. be a little cinephile weirdo. Yeah. For me, Coraline came out. I was exactly Coraline's age when I came, when it came out. Or I think Coraline was supposed to be like 10 or 11. I was She's like 11. Yeah, she's like 11. Um, I was nine years old when it came out. And I could not, you could not get me off of that movie. 
I, because as a little kid, you, you're like looking, you're like, oh, I crave adventure. I want to have all the experiences. You want to live in fantasy. And then seeing a little girl my age with cool hair and like dragonfly A dope-ass raincoat. Dope-ass raincoat, which (laughs) I actually ended up having a yellow jacket. Ours is right there. What you say? It's right there. Kiddo, I'm going to put it on right now. (laughs) Yes. I would like to I would like to break everyone's reality if you guys have never read the book Coraline I'm about to break all your realities. The character of YB does not exist in the book. Which is okay because he's he exists in the Well, movie. the reason that he was created was so that Coraline would have someone to talk to that wasn't herself because most mm. of the book is an inner monologue. That's true. But also the book as a whole because, you know, I love the movie so much that it, it it really did inspire me to read the book. I even read the comic book and the comic book is really cool and really it is really cool but each adaptation is something completely different on its own even though they carry kind of the same concepts and same messages it definitely like taught me a lot as a kid and it had a lot of weight for me as a kid and reading the book uh neil gaiman literally spells it out for you as a child it's just like what it means to be brave versus courageous and 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 what i love about this is is from a child's perspective it Mm -hmm. really puts a spin on my parents are are so bad because they don't let me do what i want to do if you're a kid looking at this you're like well maybe they're doing this for a reason yeah you it tends to change your mind the the other mother Mm -hmm. wanted would give Coraline anything she wanted but she Mm -hmm. had to pay the ultimate price Mm -hmm. that's the thing she's a narcissist Yes. And speaking of the other mother, <laughs> the performance by Terry Hatcher. Oh my god. She is just having a goddamn ball. Yeah, for real. She's <laughs> having a ball. Honestly, that's like I don't know if you've ever seen the movie in 3D, but the scene where she turns into a spider <gasps> with the spider's web in 3D looks amazing. Wait, one, two, two. three. <laughs> it's her face. I love oh it. Oh my god. Oh, that movie's so good. I I- me and my sibling would go to sleep and uh we we had bunk beds we would recite the entire movie before going to sleep every night at least a couple times it's so good i love it was a very important movie and i'm glad that it hasn't like been filtered away or faded away by time at all because it's been at least 10 years now um maybe like almost 15 um and people are still going back to it little kids are still loving it 13 13 oh that's a good number (laughs) Um, and I love just how like prevalent this movie still is. And it, I feel like it's really what put Leica on the map too. Yeah. That was Leica's first like big, big movie. I think it was the first. It was not film. their first big movie. And it was not. And I'll get into that with my pick later. Leica as Leica or Leica? Leica as Leica. Okay. I'll get into what their first Education, film was. Education, let's do it. Because again, I am an animation. It's funny, Jennifer Saunders, who plays one of the older ladies, mm. not her first work with Henry Selleck. Ooh. She's in James and the Giant Peach too. She plays one, a, of the, one of the ants. The ants? Mm-hmm. Which ant? Okay. The evil skinny one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember but what yeah. her name was. Oh, fantastic movie. On, on Bog or something. It was. It's literally. It's. It's a very magical movie, and um, it, it really is creepy because certain things about it really do feel cursed as well. You have the whole parallel universe thing, which, like, the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that's kind of a universal, like concept of horror yeah you know it's like uh really frequent in kaidan the parallel universes yeah 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 and it is also parallel universes and multiverses are also prevalent in the best movie of the year it's like the like a really creepy little pocket universe yes and they're also prevalent in the best film of this year oh which again we'll talk a little bit about that later on but 
That was my first pick. I know it's the most obvious pick, but it's when, just when so you guys good. think about it because we could talk about it all fucking day. Yeah. What do you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Bobby, what you got to add? Because I know I said a lot about the movie because I am a nerd. Uh, but what do you got for us, Dad? Um, yeah, I was just gonna say, um, like that that movie was like probably one of like it was it like scarred me like in a good way as a kid. It was like one of those films where I was like I remember watching it in the movie theater with my aunt. Like we were like, oh, like let's go watch a movie. And we're like, okay, let's go watch this one. And like after I came out of the movie theater, I was like, like my my nine-year-old brain too was like, maybe I want to be like a filmmaker or something. Like yeah. like that movie really was like like so inspiring because just the animation itself was like something that I had never really seen before. Like, yeah, I grew up watching um, Chicken Run, but I love <laughs> Coraline was like on another level. And yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. Ardman is I a whole nother bag of worms that you've just yeah. opened up. Ardman also, is. so about Chicken Run, I found this out the other day because I was considering it. They're making a sequel. I'm pretty happy oh, about this. Chicken Nuggets. Chicken Nuggets. <laughs> That's what it's called. Is that what it's called? Something like Rise of the Chicken Nugget or something oh like that. Oh my god. Let's go watch it. Let's go watch it when it comes out. It's it was be... so dark. It was. Oh my god. All right. So now, now after what is probably a really tough act to follow because it's an incredible movie. Yeah. Bobby, you know your second pick. So my second pick is um, Journey Through the Melting Brain of David Daniels. And if you guys don't know who David Daniels is, he's kind of like, I wouldn't say he's like the pioneer of Stratacut because Stratacut, the form of stop motion animation, um, it's earliest examples of, of its, you know, of it existing. Um, you could see in um, Prince Ahmed from Lottie Reiniger. So there's like That's a, a little bit of Stratacut too. in there. What's that? That's an old movie too, Prince Ahmed. <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> um, i love that i love it and um yeah so stratacut is basically this form of stop motion animation with like blocks of clay but it's like it almost gives you like a 2d effect when they're cutting when they're cutting the the clay so it's like it's very interesting um so so yeah basically that film that little like short film clip is kind of like um a bunch of like different clips from this this animator's like work so like he worked on mtv um he did like a couple of different things he did a um, couple of liquid television shorts that makes sense yeah yeah you yeah. look you, it's funny his aesthetic looks like 1992 mtv mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> this is a yeah, this looks like something you would see as like a Nickelodeon short film or something like that. This is this is really really cool looking. Uh, again, this short is only like seven minutes, right? Yeah. And what is it called again? Journey through the brain. Melting brain of David Daniels. The melting brain. That's a great title. <laughs> brain of David Daniels. That has me stumped. I'm, I've never heard of David Daniels. And it's not coming up on my IMDb. It won't come up on IMDb. 
No, if you just go, if you just put it on YouTube, it'll come up. Yep. Okay. Yeah. One of the things he does, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, Bobby, he does a lot of transitions. Like yeah, like a globe will turn into an orange. The orange will get sliced and turn into something else. Yeah. And there was a short in the Sesame Street did made out of clay, mm-hmm. and it was uh, it was a singing orange, mm-hmm. and he would sing. Uh, in a style similar to Huey Lewis in the news. Mm. And it reminds oh me God. of that. Mm. Because, you know, he has that song, Hip to be Square. Right. So the orange yeah. would sing Hip to be Square and turn into a square. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very reminiscent of Daniels' work, mm-hmm. where the, the, shift, the, the shape shifting and the shifting of items into other items and things into other things. And that's what I'm getting. The, the gist I'm getting from what you're saying right now, Fabi, about this short. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Or is that pretty much the aesthetic? Yeah, it's it's definitely um something turning into something else and um just like it's very experimental and it's like that would be correct. You know, if you think about it, it's it's a bunch of like clay just like put together. So it's like for example, let's say you have a smiley face and you want to make it turn into a a, a face that's frowning um you would have to make like the smiley face and then like the shifting of it but it's like so time consuming because it's like you're making the individual like the individual like pieces and then putting it all together in this like big clay and then you're cutting it you're slicing it and so it's gonna make this like this like movement this like 2d effect i like it yeah, because you mentioned Prince Ahmed earlier, which was all shadow puppet work. Yeah. And yes, I know that. Don't ask how. <laughs> I'm a nerd. Well, well, you'll probably like my third pick then, too, because it's kind of like, oh, like... I don't doubt this thus far. <laughs> I don't I'm doubt, excited. I don't doubt this at all. That is a great pick, mainly because n- nobody else has ever seen it. No. <laughs> That's a great pick. I love it. I do. I'm gonna do my research. No, I, I, I like it. I like it. No, uh, great, great pick. And so far, you're bringing the fire, Fabi. I got to tell you. And I love it when our guests bring the fire. And they usually do. Because mm-hmm. we usually try to pick people whose specialty is whatever our theme yeah. is. Yeah. And it seems like to me that Fabi knows yeah. her stuff. That's why I was, so, oh, I was so excited for this particular theme. I was just like, I don't want to do Christmas movies. I so, hate Christmas movies. Yeah, so. if, if there was ever the option, yeah. There was ever the option, you know, what are some Christmas movies? Stop motion animation. Boom. Bingo. Also, <laughs> also for sure, mm. Coraline mm. is the theme for the... Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Give us the full button eyes. Done. Yeah. And you can make me the cat or or YB, whatever you want to do. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how do your best or worst. <laughs> uh, great choice, by the way, Fabi. Landry. <laughs> I hate Christmas movies too, but I have a Christmas movie for this next pick. Okay, what do you got? A very Harold and Kumar Christmas. There's a lot of stop motion animation it in that. Is yeah, amazing stop. And it's so good. Drives the movie home, and it's right at the very end after the cocaine explosion. <laughs> yes. They trip out. I do like. It that turns movie. all claymation and epic, and there's a giant frosty the snowman. There's Godzilla. nothing. Godzilla. The only thing better than a regular John show <laughs> is a stop motion John show. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent, love that. No, great pick. You know, a good feel, good uh, bro comedy stoner flick. It's a, it's, it's a great stoner flick, but it's also a good Christmas movie. 
Like it's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. My baby's hot. I'm cocaine. Yeah. I just love him in everything. He's so good. Because he's always new boot goofing. Yeah. There's comedians in there. Well, yeah. Yeah. Jay Jay Trinescar or whatever his name is from uh from the the production company that handles all those movies, uh-huh. something lizard, I forget what they're called. Uh, all those guys are like the funniest dudes. And it's mm-hmm. Harold and Kumar Christmas is probably the best of the Harold and Kumar movies, too. I really love Guantanamo Bay. It's and then the three, like they're just older. It's, it's the third one, they're older, but they're like, you know, they're, you know, uh, Harold has a freaking job, big boy job. And stuff a big like boy that. job. So, like, how's Kumar going to get his shit together? And then they actually end up. You know what? We still love weed. Let's keep doing this. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you mention that because they just didn't announce the half baked too. I'm disappointed they didn't call it fully baked. Oh, there you go. Uh, full baked. <laughs> the full fully bake. fully baked. Yes, so that would be a much better title. So um, yeah, but they they, they, they just announced that so it's perfect because because and that's only because Harold and Kumar are the quintessential 2000s stoner mm-hmm. films yeah. and. Talk a little bit more about the animated sequence because it is one of the best scenes in the movie. Man, I mean, it's like, I don't want to get too much into it without like giving it away. But okay, so I saw this movie and when it came out and it was in 3D. Mm. So you're seeing all this shit flying at you in your face. You know, there's hot dogs flying through the air. There's explosions (laughs) happening left and right. It's like watching Jackass 3D. Which I love, by the way. Yes, iconic. Even the last one where they're trying... (laughs) Penis Godzilla is going through the city and yeah. <laughs> things are blowing up and you know people are flying in your face and stuff like that. Nothing better than a Chris Pontius penis Godzilla. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Nothing I saw the behind the scenes of that. that yeah. He's like, it's so claustrophobic <laughs> underneath this high, giant set. He's just like dragging his dick through like the city. It's hilarious. <laughs> Such a great movie, man. That's that's one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah, Jackass forever. Yeah, what a comeback! God, That's what, what you're great. gonna start off the next movie with. Yeah, okay, <laughs> it was sold. One of my favorite movies of the year, and I know that's weird, but I just had such a good. time. It was released this year. Yeah. Okay, that's going on. Came out in February. That's going movies on. They're so good. They're all good. Like Jackass, you know. One they're just one. genuinely well done. But when you consider Jeff Tremaine's actually a pretty good music video and movie director, and then you have Spike Jones. And yeah, Spike. Anything Spike Jones, you already know. Is it Spike Jones touches it, he doesn't just touch it. He dresses up as an old lady. He, he doesn't Got gently it. caress, firmly fucks it. Um, I love Spike Jones. You guys know this. Oh, yes. Obsessed with oh, the guy. Yeah. Uh, Forever, I think it's like 4.5 or whatever. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. They have uh, Spike Jones' sequences that they were going to put in Forever, but didn't make it to the cut uh, of him dressing up as that fat lady. I love yeah. that he just goes around with his titties, his fake old lady titties hanging out. And the fupa. And his fupa and just goes, how you got to do today? Oh, yeah, you no, know, it's like a beautiful that? day out here. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's a beautiful day out his, here. His character that got cut out of Bad Grandpa. So good. Oh, my God. Again, anything that Spike Jones touches is not caressed. It is, it is thoroughly fucked and less satisfied. Thank you very much. <laughs> so good. I was dying. Why do you think Fat Boy Slim's best videos are all Spike Jones directed? Oh, there you go. Weapon of Choice. Ooh. Praise you. Beastie Boys Sabotage. Sabotage. Oh, all the best music videos are Spike Jones. Yeah. So. We went down the Spike Jones train again. Anyway, so 
Fabi, we know you got to go. So what we're going to do is we're going to break tradition here and we're going to let you pick your last movie right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so my last pick is um, Tale, Tale of Tales by Yuri Norstein. I don't know this one. You're gonna have to. You don't know it. No, oh my gosh! Not. You have to watch it. It so it's um Yuri Norstein is a Russian animator, and um basically it's like it's also an older um animation, and the style of animation is used with um it's like with a multi-plane camera. So similar to like Lottie Reiniger's work, it you have the cutouts. So you have the cutouts of um, the characters and they move them, but also the multi-plane camera, if, if you guys aren't familiar with it, it's basically like um, glass. So you have like, like layers of glass. And so on each layer, it's like um, a background and then it's like a character and then it's like another thing. So it gives this, it gives it this like effect it's like a 3D effect that's really interesting. And it's it has a very political theme in there too. And just the way that the animation is done is very beautifully made. Um, I, I can't remember how long it took to make this film. I know it was like, it was like a really long time, <laughs> but um, but yeah, you guys have to watch it. It's really- This looks like a nightmare. Does it- yeah, oh, it's, it's dark. It's really dark. <laughs> Whoa. That's Damn. gorgeous. It, so is this a short or a feature? You said it's a feature. Is this the one that it's took like how okay? Or well, yeah, short. <laughs> how long did it take him to animate this? Do you know? It was like years. <sighs> let yeah. me let me I look it up. Really yeah, I think I've actually heard of this short. I just like haven't caught it yet. Yeah, it looks like it took years to make this fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was. 1979 okay which i mean typically stop especially stop motion animation takes a really really long time but i think i'm like very very vaguely familiar with the filmmaker and he makes all these tiny like the tiny little assets and stuff and yeah it's gorgeous i'm very i'm very sad you're not going to be here to talk about my second pick because i I, it's one that not a lot of people have seen because it just came out (laughs) Uh, and I can and I'm a little disappointed, but th- this pick no one's seen because this is just the weirdest shit. And I like <laughs> we like weird shit. We love weird we, shit. We do love weird shit, and this looks like a nightmare. So thank you for that. Yeah. Oh, thank you. What What was your pick? I maybe I can just like comment on it briefly. Uh, it's <laughs> DDT's Pinocchio. Oh, there oh. you go. <laughs> yeah. I. Can I just say I cried? Like I literally cried. I, my, I like, was like a baby, Fabi. Like a baby. <laughs> like a baby. When yes. A child baby. Papa. Like a goddamn baby. Okay. <laughs> Not even. We'll get into it later when it's my turn. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, this movie's amazing. It's so beautifully made, and like, just like also so like, um, Guillermo del Toro like making it. It was like so like like satisfying because you know like he's he's Mexican and I'm Mexican too so it was like watching you know watching someone like make a a film like that that's like you know your your listen, people it's like listen it's like, anytime Theo Memo steps up to the plate he's about to knock it out okay <laughs> yeah no he 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 threw that shit out of the ballpark like it was no. so good 
just the technique everything was so beautifully made do you do you remember that scene where geppetto is crying and the yes. tears are coming down on his like cheek like the just tree, right by the tree yeah, yeah yeah well and also like when pinocchio dies like the last time yeah yeah and on the beach yeah on the beach yeah beautiful beautiful fucking movie man <laughs> i can't wait to talk more about it when it is my turn uh and i'm sad that you're not going to be here to talk more about it with us but it's uh it's an incredible incredible movie and i can't wait to talk more about it here in a minute i did spoil my second pick just because bobby's bobby's leaving us here in a minute um but that's why i let you pick, give us your last pick like i said this thing looks like a goddamn nightmare <laughs> uh, definitely watch it though you know what it looks like to me i don't know if you guys have ever seen the old children's books from when i was a kid like mm -hmm. the stinky cheese man mm -hmm. yes it's that similar animation style so the stinky cheese man is essentially the gingerbread man but rewritten as a man made of stinky cheese oh no and nobody tries to catch him <laughs> because he's made out of stinky cheese <laughs> but he thinks everybody's trying to catch him unlike oh. the gingerbread man who people want to catch and eat mm -hmm. and they also he also the, the 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 man who wrote that book also wrote a version of the three little pigs that has a jazz influence to it Ooh. and the animation style is all very much like tale of tales here am i wrong here fabi no you're completely correct <laughs> i have to check with the authority here because <laughs> i haven't seen this movie so i don't know um but it, that's what it, that's the feel that i get this and, and i love that you mentioned the the the, the the two plane camera because that's exactly how it gives these 2d objects a 3d look mm -hmm. is that they're moving in front of and behind things and there's shadows everywhere yeah and i love that's that amazing. and so that was i know you have to go so that's a great pick so we're gonna bid you adieu for now fabi because uh, <laughs> you will be tagged when it goes live yes uh and sweet we go live yeah oh yeah uh before we say goodbye goodbye is there anything uh you want to say to the viewers anything you have coming up anything you want to plug yeah um well i have a couple of projects coming up um but i'm gonna keep it like a surprise um but yeah this was like really fun like i'd love to do more of this Where stuff can um, follow you when they want to follow you to find out about these projects um, so right now I'm posting most of my work on Instagram, but I'm gonna, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I'm gonna maybe create a website or something and start promoting my work through there. And what is the Instagram, <laughs> baby? We can't guess. <laughs> it's that stop motion animator. <laughs> you got it. There, there you go. That stop motion animator. Go follow her on Instagram and annoy her, please. Yes. Yes, please do. You're Thank you. Thank you so much. Amazing pics. No, those were great picks, and we're we're so lucky to have had you here today to talk about a subject that you know a lot about. Because I'm gonna go on a tangent here in a minute mm -hmm. about a, a TV show that I loved as a kid that was stop motion. That Which one? Bumping the night. <laughs> the what? Bumping the night. I don't think I've heard of that. Exactly. It's about <laughs> a little green monster named Mr. Bumpy, his friend who's a blue monster named Mr. Squishington, and a rag doll named Molly, who all hang out oh, in a little girl's bedroom. It's amazing. The animation's incredible. Uh, Jim Cummings and Rob Paulson are in it, and they're two of the best voice actors alive. Um, I'll have to watch it. It's a great. It's great. If you have Disney Plus, I think it might be on there. I know it's on Tubi, and Tubi's free, so you don't even have to pay. Okay. But thanks for being here. We appreciate you. Go follow her, guys, on that stop motion animator on Instagram. Everybody. Thank you guys. It was so nice meeting you guys.
Yes, it was been a pleasure. Pleasure. Happy holidays. Bye. <laughs> now, now that's out of the way. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, uh, it was great to have her. She's really good. She's really smart. She's amazing. Really smart. Really smart. She's a bad. Stop. Now that. Now, what we're going to have you do is give us your second pick. Oh, boy. Well, we went over a lot there. Um, My pick is a little less cool, but I still fucking love it. So I actually made the mistake of thinking that Henry Selleck directed this, but no. Actually, it has two directors, Chris Butler and Sam Fell, who haven't really directed anything as relevant or cool or fun or good uh, before this one. But my next pick is... 2012 uh Paranorman. First of all, how dare you say that Flushed Away is not amazing and cool? <laughs> I rewatched it recently and it is not amazing and cool. Or the Tale of Despero. Tale of Despero, but it was how do you just how do you even describe the Tale of Despero? Boring. <laughs> That's how you describe it. It's a meditation. It's is boring. what is what the professionals say. No, um Boring name, rambling, it was like <laughs> interesting from someone who I, I forget ate something the the author's name the author of the tale of despro yeah so in that aspect i enjoyed it as a kid but i also there was something like kind of weirdly gross about it in the the character <laughs> designs same goes for flushed away which i owned flushed away on dvd i had the special dvd well, flushed away is ardman and yes ardman but cg animated i love ardman it's we love ardman we love wallace and gromit and the christmas of the were rabbit uh we stand we stand wallace and gromit period and sean the sheep and sean the sheep uh and sean the sheep too um, all of them yes all of the all of them sheep again chicken run and chicken run too <laughs> run from the chicken, chicken runs the shit i'm so excited i'm wondering how they're gonna bring that back considering the uh holocaust allegory i used to have the chicken run toys from burger king where you can like build like a flying machine thanks for aging us <laughs> thanks for aging us you're welcome. Kid David Landon, I told you to stop doing that. It was weird when I had flushed away. There was like in the DVD case, it has this effect where there's like these bubbles that are in it, like actual liquid, like this liquid pack in it. It's pretty sick. And I would just take it out and it was like a, a stress ball. So you could literally just squish the DVD case. It was so it was of its time. But anyway, Paranorman <laughs> is my pick. Uh I really, really love this movie when it came out. It definitely it it came not that long after Coraline. I think it came immediately after Coraline. It came before Coraline. Oh, oh what? No, it came after. No, it was before. Three years after Coraline. Was it 2012? 2012. Jesus yes. Christ, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time uh Paranorman came out, yes, you're old. God, I was damn. 12. <laughs> aging myself i was a grown adult you're an old son of a bitch so was he (laughs) same as you you son of a bitch oh Oh, god you son of a bitch would you like a short water campy no grandpa would you like a worthless original corner grandpa's someone get this man a worthless (laughs) he's feeling it (laughs) damn it great movie (laughs) It's um it's a it's a great movie for all you spooky gals guys uh and non-binary babes uh but yeah we got those babes indeed yeah <laughs> indeedy my sibling um but you have you have ghosts you have zombies um you have the witch trials it takes place in salem you're hitting all of the gothy green flags here that's right I like um, you BTGGs out there there you go cody smith mcphee 
plays uh Norman. You he have is Anne. a twee king, a little tw little twee twink <laughs> king. Twink king, very true. Twee a twee twink. Yeah, we do a twee twink. And then you have the queen Anna Kendrick playing his sister. She Courtney. is a queen. Um, Christopher Mintz play it. Plot Plus, it's McLovin. McLovin. It'll always be McLovin. Okay, I'll just say McLovin. Twice, two, McLovin. twice in two podcasts we talk about McLovin. By the way, because he was in. Uh, we talked about him last month. <laughs> we talked about him last month because he's in Promising Young Woman. He can roll. He can roll. He's great. He's a fantastic. No matter actor. what, he will always be McLovin. He will always be McLovin, but underrated actor. That was my nickname in high school, McLovin. That's a story for another podcast. <laughs> Well, we'll carry we'll carry that on later. You got John Goodman. Yeah, John. Oh yeah, John Goodman who plays Mr. Prentergast. Uh, Alex Borstein. Alex Borstein's an amazing vocal queen, vocal queen, queen, queen. actress. That way, she's great. She's yeah. also in. She Marvel played Miss Swan, yeah. and Miss Swan is the best. So oh hello. You look like a man. Like a man. <laughs> you have Leslie Mann. Love Cody Leslie Mann. Jeff Garland. Very funny, Jeff Garland. Yeah, so guy funny. from Curb Your Enthusiasm. So you have a you have an all star cast. Yes. Uh, Casey Affleck is in there, but his character is actually. Good. First of all, I love Casey Affleck. Though, despite the. <laughs> he's not. He's good. He's a great actor. He's a great actor. He's a great actor, and I enjoy. You know, uh, what was the ghosty one called? Oh, a ghost story. A ghost story. <laughs> and, I, and I like and I like the assassination of uh, Jesse, Jesse James. James by the coward Robert Ford. Even that. though that director's new movie. Did you see? Oh wait. We'll have to talk about blondes later. Is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish that statement. Is not good. Period. Period. Uh, it's bad. Okay. Uh, what are you doing, my guy? What is that? What anyway, because um, we're going to talk about some uh, a different topic. Uh, of course, as usual, there's always a surprise topic that I don't tell Shay about. I'm so excited. I've learned, to, I've learned to love it. I've learned to look forward to it. She doesn't know what it is yet, but she's going to enjoy this very much. Okay. And so, yes, this movie was... Is is very very good. It right? hit me in the feels when I watched it, and it still does. So yeah. it it has those themes of of what it's like being an outcast, but it feels very real because Norman is a tiny little boy with uh, a problem, and yeah. his problem is he sees ghosts. He sees dead people. Yes, it's like a better version of the Sixth Sense. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. It's like the Sixth Sense better, but also continued. It's like if we we followed the main character's life into middle school them, yeah, and uh, his problems that arrive from there. So what Norman is trying to do is he's trying to carry on uh, a ritual that his uh, distant, well, not distant, but relative, Mister Prentergast, uh, carries on because he has the same sort of talents as Norman. Talents. But when the ritual falls through, Norman has to figure a figure out a way to stop the witch's curse from. Uh, rising the dead, taking over the town, yada, 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 because the town of Salem uh, was not very nice to uh, people they considered witches. Um, and it goes on from there. It's oh, it's gorgeously, gorgeously animated. And I don't know why these directors, other movies don't look as gorgeous as this one, but I love the character design. I love just like, like it, it's, it's- I'm actually going to be able to answer your question with my last pick of the day, actually. Oh, okay. As to why this film looks so gorgeous looks and so like as films going forward don't look as gorgeous, even though I, they technically do because I'm going to go into that in I a little bit. I would love to talk about that because um, that is so true. But I'm going to go into a little bit more about that once I get to my conversation regarding Leica and their history. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this film does look, Paranorman's a beautiful film. It's a beautiful It's a movie. beautiful movie. And then, uh, not to mention, the score is by John Bryan, one of my favorite composers. Yeah. 
yeah well there you go like I can hear like the cute little theme and it might not be as remarkable to other people but it was something in my childhood and I can hear the theme running through my head it's right funny because we didn't even mention the music in Coraline which is so oh, good shit, which right. is so good that dun, 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 dun. yeah but yeah um both movies have fantastic scores. yes yeah um like in general does this, do score though. i i don't say that i wouldn't say this score is as uh iconic as or as out there i guess yeah. but for me it's like a really comfy score when it's intensified it's also really really good and the um, thing is the cues aren't cues mm. like in a lot of movies the score will give away when the action's right. rising right this doesn't do that, and that's really hard to do, but also really important. Mm-hmm. Because I'll t- I feel like a lot of composers are like, whatever, the, the action's rising, mm-hmm. crescendo. Yeah, and they don't do that, and mm-hmm. I and I and I and I like that. Yeah, that John makes me... John Bryan has a way of just. You know what other movie he scored, right? Um, I Heart Huckabee's, uh, Punch Drunk Love. Get to the uh, one I want Eternal you to tell Sunshine me. of the Spotless Mind. There we go. There you go. I love John Bryan. I love John. <laughs> Uh, we love John Bryan. We stand John Bryan. I don't remember the last project he was in on. He also scored uh, Step Brothers and picked all the music for that. <laughs> oh my god! Which you know begins with a Vampire Weekend song. Doesn't it really? A punk. Wow. Which reminds me, I was telling Landon I earlier. Listen to this is a, uh, right now. I am a Vampire Weekend song. You are. I'm drinking horchata. Oh my and god! It's December. <laughs> nice. You are. You are part of the aesthetic. <laughs> we don't drink eggnog we're brown here <laughs> there you go that's for the white folks, <laughs> the white. The white white folks. folks. but back yeah. to paranormal john bryan's the shit the shit the shit the goat punch rock loves also one of my favorite movies oh too, my so. God. with also a gorgeous score um in which he also heavily samples and refers to and uses um shelly duvall's uh, number from Popeye. Yeah. Super random, but fits beautifully. It does. He also and, did Magnolia, which is a oh, fucking brilliant movie. That was a crazy movie. Brilliant, though. Toads, rain on me, rain, rain, rain on me. But yeah, great movie. Uh, the ending always rain makes me feel feelings. on me. Because <laughs> it's just, really, you know, it's about kids who don't belong or people who just feel like they don't belong. You can see kind of how Norman can go any sort of way. He can take the path of the witch where she is trying to get revenge uh, based on all the stuff that she suffered through, had to suffer through during the witch trials. He could go in the direction of Mr. Printergast, someone who isolates himself, someone who everyone considers a kook. And um, he doesn't talk to anybody. He just lives by himself. But then he, he it's a film about, uh, how do you put it? self-sufficiency but also just uh feeling secure in oneself knowing oneself loving oneself and it's a really sweet movie it's just a really sweet movie it is it's really it it is really dope and it's funny because like his first two films well not technically the first two but they're two out of their first three because there was a movie before Coraline it was a short film oh I think yeah the the CG one no it's a stop motion oh okay uh, and they, and the they had contract, and you know they were contracted to work on Corpse Bride too. Like, I know Leica's roots run deeper than than we first. Oh, we'll go so into that. I first realized. We'll go into that. But yeah, excited to hear about that. Yeah. And but Bruno Coulet's Coraline uh, docu- uh, score and John Bryan's mm. score very different, but so both so good. Yeah. And this movie's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Greek jokes also. And, like it, it's a it has a some like it hot moment 
Yeah. Where um at the very end of the movie, it's like the funniest joke out of the entire And then it ends. Movie. And then it ends. Yeah. And that's it. I love this movie. It's so oh it's and so I will say I will say to your point, it's funny that the first two major features under the Like a Banner that they did both have to have paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um that was their ilk, ilk at the time. Yeah. And I mean even the the of their next two, another one had ghosts and spirits and things like that. I, I didn't pick the movie, but Kubo and the Two Strings. So yeah, it had like that sort of like mythology, ghost spirits, mm-hmm. entities. Yeah, because I mean his mother's um, spirit was put into a fucking monkey. Yeah. And uh I I was gonna say Wendell and Wild, but then I realized Wendell and Wild is monkey paw. And I don't I don't know if it's actually like a it's not. Okay. Which is interesting. Didn't you pick that movie? I oh I, I reviewed it. Yeah. I, well I'm reviewing it, so it still needs to come out. But yes, I will be reviewing it, so look forward to that. Hooligans. I will pick it. Yeah. Uh, I, I I look forward to it. Speaking of movies that just came out, and speaking of Netflix, oh, second my movie. second pick is, as I said, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. There we go. We haven't finished it. <laughs> it is absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. It's, it, feel, it feels like something that was released 20 years ago. And that's a compliment. It's beautiful. That's a high value. It's gorgeous. What um, I love about it is it has that Will Vinton style, mm-hmm. which I'm going to go into. Okay, thank you. Will Vincent style, um, and and it has a classic story being told better than Disney will ever be able to do in their yep. life because we yep. get to know Geppetto before we ever meet yeah. Pinocchio. Oh my god! So we're definitely past that part. Geppetto's. Uh, so we're in, we're at the part where Pinocchio is about to go to school. That's where we left. Okay, off. so that's really early in the movie still. Yes. What I love oh, I is it does not skip on talking about fascism in Italy yeah, in the 1900s. Plane. Mussolini's literally a character in this movie. There's not oh, like wow. fascism, like fascists. Yeah. Ron Perlman is in it and he plays the fascist oh, leader of the town. I love you, Ron. Damn. And yes. it doesn't skimp on discussing the issue of fascism in Italy mm-hmm. pre World War II, during World War II, and as it was going on in the Mussolini era. Which I. And it's all wrapped. It's all wrapped in a fucking Pinocchio movie. Mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro visually is unmatchable mm-hmm. he just can't be beat tio memo is the man mm-hmm. he's the man I, I could talk about this movie all day it's so beautiful mm-hmm. and, and and thank you netflix for letting me watch it early and letting mm-hmm. me get a preview of it for award consideration because mm-hmm. to me it's the best animated film of the year absolutely i mean what else is there wendell and wild we like wendell strange and world yeah. didn't see it don't know that lo- okay, so even the poster looks kind of like a mishmash of flesh. Technically, Avatar. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm taking stabs at Avatar because I hate it. I don't think I'm gonna like it, but something in me is still like, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. You know, not me. Not I will I will review it for the site. Thank you, because I'm will... not. Then that means I don't have to watch it. Yeah, I will take one for the team. You don't have to watch it, which, <laughs> which is my favorite thing is when I don't have to watch something there you go. that I don't want to watch. So I mean, if it comes to it, like I will shit on it gladly. Um, uh, the bad guys also came out this year, and it's animated. Turning red, Lightyear. Oh, bad guys is great, actually. Uh, if it has, on, I'm at that point in my life where if it's Disney or Pixar or looks anything like Disney or Pixar, bad guys luck, is DreamWorks. Luck is a, another example. Luck is awful. Yep, that's what I heard. That's why I stay away from that shit. Luck is awful. Skydance. What the fuck? What the fuck even is that? Fucking gas. Bad is what it is. Thank you. 
Um, but yeah, it, so that's definitely, you know, the first thing, at least visually, that sets this movie apart. Cause of Fury. Pause it. Okay. <laughs> is that the Justice League one? No, Pause of Fury is the Kung Fu dog uh, defending the uh, village full uh, of cats. Uh, yeah, we're not going to go any further. It's bad. I've reviewed it. It's terrible. You're five years old. No, it's not even yeah. good for that. This is a good year if you're a five-year-old. Yeah, it is, because League of Super Pets also came out. There you go. But unfortunately, we are not five-year-old children. No. So it's not great. Also, Disney's Pinocchio came out this year. And the it's witch a... And I love that, because Guillermo, Guillermo. Guillermo straight smoked you, Disney. I didn't watch the other Pinocchio. Don't care. I know Disney adults. I love you guys. I not don't. That, I don't think I don't. they even watch that shit. I'm not a Disney adult. I don't have any respect for Disney adults. Or Tom. Ah, uh, Tom Hanks is fine. Tom Hanks kind of <laughs> lost my respect. He lost is me. Is he Disney? Oh, yeah. He's, he's Disney. He just needs to stop working with fucking, oh my children. God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Away from children, please. <laughs> One ticket to Epstein Island, please. <laughs> yeah, that was bizarre. But yeah. Uh, I just... Okay. <laughs> Good God. I don't even, like, it doesn't even occur to me. He needs... Tom Hanks is the only thing that comes to mind when I think about the new Disney-fied, Disney remake Pinocchio. You know who plays uh, Jiminy in that? They dragged my boy Joseph Gordon-Levitt into this. Oh, baby boy. Handsome man. Really? He is very handsome. Really, though, Tom Hanks just needs to stop working with Robert Zemeckis. (laughs) Robert Zemeckis hasn't made a good film. Because I don't even like Forrest Gump. Yeah, Forrest Gump. It, cheesy yeah it's cheesy Classic. but also it's just no like, don't like it can't sit through it can't sit through it yeah it's something that you grow up with but like even when i saw it as a kid i watched it with my mom my mom was like oh it's such a great movie blah, 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 you know I, I can't even sit through this thing because zemeckis directed this zemeckis directed the new pinocchio after directing the witch the witches remake which is also bad. Okay. After directing Welcome to Merwin, which is oh, also bad. I don't need to be sad right now. After directing Allied, which is also bad. I oh guess I'll just kill myself Christmas. <laughs> He's like directing bad films. The Walk, in which he drags my boy JGL into a bad film. Hmm. Oh. Flight, which is pretty good. Flight. Denzel has a drunk pilot. Oh, okay. Oh, oh like fun. That, that was good. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. The last. It's the last good Zemeckis film, and it came out ten years ago. Okay. Yeah. Zemeckis is bad. Regular Pinocchio is bad. Found some wonderful stuff. Oh yeah, I also wanted to name drop Monster House. If you like Monster House, you'll love Paragon. And they came out not not that far apart from each other. And Monster House seems similar, but it isn't. To what? To to Paranorman. Um, it's like in the same like if you're a spooky gal, you'll yeah. like it. Yeah, spooky, it has adult jokes, you know, that you can get behind. You can mm-hmm. still show it to the kids; they won't get the adult it's jokes. It's like it's a good October. It's the perfect October watch. But um, but anyway, it is it is actually it is actually Robert October. Zemeckis is really really great at making fucking ugly movies. Beowulf. Be- Beowulf. Uh, even though I love Beowulf, Christmas Death, Carol with Jim Carrey. That okay, so I had to stop watching that it's because bad. I was watching it These as a flashbacks. Kid. I don't need right, now. right? These are bad. But Beowulf was 
Beowulf, Beowulf was fucking great. Steaming piece of shit. That animation did not hold. It doesn't hold up. I watched it recently, like for the first time. Like Polar Express. Polar Express is disgusting, and we don't like it. Um, Hate it. But Beowulf is so like awkward that it's great. And we love Crispin Crispin Glover's role in it. Angelina Jolie, we get like a name. By the way, you know Crispin Glover, that's not his first time working with Robert Zemeckis either. Oh, wait. Uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. Got it. Which Back to the We love Back to the Future. We do stand Back to the Future here. A long time ago. In a galaxy very different from the one he lives in now. Yes. Thanks, Disney. Thanks, Disney. So, unlike, you know, the ugly, unlike Beowulf or Polar Express. Or this ugly ass Pinocchio movie that he did. Or the Del Toro's is amazing. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And it feels, it feels really. Kate Blanchett is the Blue Fairy. Yeah, I I recognize her voice. Wait, is it, was it Kate Blanchett or Tilda? It's Kate Blanchett. As far as I remember. Damn. Okay. I was yeah. to be fair, I do kind of get them mixed up. It doesn't even it doesn't even stop there. It gets even better. Ewan, Ewan McGregor is Jimmy. I incredible. His beautiful, like kind of like he has a very youthful sounding voice too. He He's a, a lovely fellow. Lovely He's fellow. Jimmy's actually doing something unlike the original Pinocchio. Yeah. Rather than just giving it not he's not real life. He's a writer. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz plays a giant carny. Oh, we haven't got that. But oh, Tessa Fox, his creepy ass voice. Um, You're right. It is. It is Tilda Swinton as the wood sprite. Oh, it was and death. Because I was thinking maybe Kate, but Kate Blanchett plays the monkey. Spazatura. Damn, you get Tilda and Kate in the same. I can't deal with this. (laughs) I can't. It's so good though. The movie's so good. Hard right now. Also, you know who plays Mussolini? The best part about this movie: Tom Kenny. Mussolini. Tom Kenny. Uh, SpongeBob himself, guy. SpongeBob himself, guy. Amazing. Okay, so the guy who plays um Geppetto was what's his name from oh he oh, from Harry Potter. What's his name? Argus Flinch. Yeah. I didn't watch the movie. I just looked that up. No, he was iconic in that because he was like such a curmudgeon and he hated everybody and he only loved his cat. David Bradley mostly is a curmudgeon in most of the things he does. Like when yeah. he's in Game of Thrones, he's an absolute asshole. Yeah. But he's so good as Geppetto. I, yeah, because he's, he's so good. You hear a real old, like a like an ancientness to his voice, but a heaviness is what I mean to say. Like a there's an authoritativeness to his voice, is what it is. I feel, he like, sounds he's, commanding. He's, Sounds sweet. Yeah. He still sounds sweet. He sounds weathered. He sounds like he's he's been through some shit. Some shit, oh, and you can hear it in his performance, and I love that. It's like I love it. He literally when he's he's drunk, he sounds drunk. He sounds like he's mourning, which he, he wants is. to see dad crying. It's very dad. It is. It is sad. the worst thing. And I'm like, I know, I already know how this is going to da- go down, and I'm I'm still feeling feelings. You know? You're gonna feel all the feelings. In this I'm movie. so ready. I it, it is. To me, it's the best my, animated I film. Can, I, my mental health is ready. I, I'm ready to carry that weight. Uh, it's worth every single minute. Well, and it's long. It's like over two hours. Yeah, so that's why we had that, because we had to go to Bayan. Yeah. We didn't know how, like, it was going to be that long. Yeah, it's um, over two hours long, but it is worth It's funny, because Netflix just uh, put the new Christian Bale movie in my preview content section. The, uh, the new David O. Russell movie? Yeah. I want to see it, but I've been hearing things. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Oh, the pale blue eye. Oh, 
That is not the movie that I was thinking about. I was thinking about... Oh, that's on Netflix, too. The... Oh, yeah, Emily. Have you, have you seen uh, Guillermo del Toro's closet of... Uh, Cabinet of Curiosities. I haven't seen it yet. Is it cool? Um, of course it is. Yeah, I'll review Again, it. Again, Tio Memo do Miss. Ever. I mean, his my, my favorite movie of a few years ago was a Guillermo del Toro movie. It was The Shape of Water. The year that that came out, that was my number one movie. That was such a great year because that that was a very rare moment in which the Oscars redeemed themselves. By the Academy, picking the best film. By picking the best film. There were some movies there that did not deserve to be nominated, but at least we had fucking Shape of Water win Best Picture. Guillermo is there. And then after, you know, we had Parasite. I think Parasite won Best Picture after. Mm, I don't think so. They didn't. Or was it Best Director the year after that? He's looking it up right now. I believe the next Best Picture after that was Green Book. No. No, it didn't win. It did not win. It did not win. It did not. No, I swear to God. It was nominated for Best Picture. Green Book did win Best Picture. No. Yeah, it did. I refuse. No, but it absolutely happened. (laughs) Did I... Like rewrite history. You in did my rewrite brain. history in your brain, yeah. Oh, so yeah, that year, oh that year, God. that year, I would like to know what movie didn't deserve to be there. Call Me by Your Name is good. I think I was thinking the Darkest Hour is not good. Dunkirk's terrible. I hate mm-hmm. it. Get Out's incredible. Lady Bird's great. Phantom Threads, Phantom Thread, dumb. Yeah. The Post is okay. Mm-hmm. And Three Billboards is pretty good. No, I was thinking that the year that uh, we had Green Book. I was totally correct. Senior. The next year, Green Book won Best Picture. And Alfonso Cuaron yeah, won Best Director. One of the worst movies that year. I know. Especially when you consider The that Favorite was, was up against you it. You could nominate for Razzie. The, the Favorite was up against it. I'm glad Viggo uh, roles and stuff like that, but no, it wasn't a good movie. I am disgusted. His accent. I am disappointed. It was, very, it was very bad. Listen, was they gave happened. Rami Malek a Oscar for lip syncing to Queen instead of Bradley Cooper, who learned how to play a goddamn guitar. There you go. And you and I know you weren't as high on it, a star as born as I is, but even you gotta agree. That is an egregious mistake. I was I was literally karaokeing a star is born the other day. That is an egregious mistake. Because of those five gentlemen nominated for best actor that year, Bradley Cooper was the best. Mm. He was the best. That was such a good movie. I want to watch it again though. It's a great movie. For Gaga though. So good. For the Gaga. Although they did get Best Actress right, Olivia Coleman, in the favorite. Fair. She's That's so, fair. She's so good. Oh, man. That that role, though, that she had to... Oh. No, it's so good. Perfect. But also, I can't fucking believe that Green Book actually won. It did. Yeah. No, no. You, I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. And obviously, I didn't believe it then because I totally thought the favorite or something else won. Nope. Yeah. No. It won right there. Green Book. Then uh, did Par- Parasite must have come after. Okay. I'm getting my ears jumbled up because mm-hmm. the Academy's fucking stupid. Yep, it was 2020. Right there, boom. Okay, well, at least we won Parasite. At least we have Guillermo Parasite. Guillermo. Yeah. Okay, Shape of Water. Guillermo del Toro has this funny way about him of saying he's going to make a movie and then you hear about the movie, you know what the movie's going to be about um, or you don't, but you have a concept of the movie. It comes out and it's exactly the movie that you needed. That you absolutely needed. I remember seeing Shape of Water the first time I cried. Because it was... I love monster movies like that. Especially when you... like. That's my perfect romance movie. Because 
You know I like them lean and skinny. Not not a word is <laughs> not a word is spoken. Not a word is spoken between the fish lady, between the fish man and his lady. But you can feel everything. Yeah, exactly. she can feel it too. I'm sure she did. I'm sure she did. <laughs> no, no, it's more like this. The audience, we're doing the the hand. Oh, yeah. She went. She only what? Only one finger. She's like. But I guess that would have been like. That would have been a little too like a uh, graphic. Um, yeah. She would have started talking. I tell you right now, if the fish man had really given her a stab, she would have started talking then. Oh! He's just like, yo, I'm going to make a movie where the scalies, like, sure. You know? And he doesn't. Like, he was like, he explained it. Like, <laughs> that Guillermo Toro accent might have been the greatest thing you've ever done. Shut up. Um, I'm going to make a movie for the scalies. Yeah, sure. Whatever. He's fine. He's fine. But... He he was like, okay, so I saw the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, and he just described this moment, and I could I could just you the way he describes things too. He just puts you into that moment, even in conversation. He's a very good storyteller, as most He's directors amazing, are. Oh, the, good directors amazing, are the best storyteller, and he describes this moment where the creature is swimming around the woman just in the water, and then he was just like, I had a moment of like, that's hot. Basically, he was just like, it, it was a very romantic kind of uh, inclination he had. And in the movie, that when that happens, it is. It's genuinely romantic. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. And you know me, I love my romantic movies. Yeah, you do. And this one hits on a different level. Oh, that it's, was it's a beautiful film. I think, yeah, that was that was before our relationship. But I feel like that was just like, that's when I knew what I wanted, you know? A tall, skinny you know, feller. Yeah, a tall, skinny guy who could swim well. <laughs> He swim very well. Yeah, yeah, he does actually. Landon does, in fact, swim well. Well, even with the hair, which we're glad to see that back. We're glad to see that back. <laughs> you, you without the hair is just not. It's not you, man. It's boring. Huh? It's not you, man. Spiky. You you went through your Fight Club phase, but now you're in uh, now you're in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brad, and it's it's a beautiful thing. Not not great movies, but the hair looks good. You know what I mean? We love we love Brad we love Brad Pitt though. Who doesn't? He's great. I love Brad Pitt. So that was my second pick, and so while we're here, we might as well get your third pick out of the way. Yeah, let's get it out of the way. All right, guys, I'm uh I'm bringing you back to Christmas, 1992. Jesus versus Frosty, uh, Master Hunter Trey Parker, South Park. Um, this is before their pilot. And then they came out after that with uh, Jesus versus Santa. <laughs> I know it's just like pilots, they're shorts, you know, they're completely stop motion. They hand cut everything. This th That short is actually included in the Blu-ray copy of Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. I don't know if you know that. Um, and because we talked about Bigger, Longer, and Uncut a few months ago. And I watched all the special features, all of them, and it's in there. They go, I mean, they have just so much content. It's guys. not traditional stop motion either because there's no clay. It's all paper cutouts. Cutouts, yeah. Which still counts. Yeah. Counts. <laughs> I Dude, love this. The South Park <laughs> It's great. And I, and I think South Park is so good. And I, they don't use uh, paper cutouts anymore, so it's mm -hmm. technically not stop motion anymore, but. 
its first season and a half, two seasons with all stop motion. They, uh, yeah, they started, um, they switched it over in 2001. They started using, um, I looked it up. Computer software, right? Yeah. Okay, I was going to actually name the software. Yeah, but they actually still use the same uh, cardboard uh, or the uh, cardstock paper uh, textures mm. in the software. Yeah. So you still, if you still watch the new episodes, yeah, that's detailed. There's a lot of you know things going on, but mm. if you like pause it, you can actually see like the texture. And I have done that because I've already watched the first ten seasons of South Park already on HBO Max. No. I'm ten seasons in to rewatching it. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, the COVID stuff's amazing. By the way, Streaming Wars was great too. Um, I just love South Park. Something like that. God. I love South Park so much. I love that pick. Man, and the short is actually really bad though. Like it's not well. It doesn't look good. It's fun though. But it's fun. It doesn't look good though. The eyes are too weird. Weird. Uh, it was, you know, of course, in the very early stages, they were still coming up with like character designs and yeah. stuff like that. But that was actually, it was like a, a little like video snippet that they would give to somebody as a Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody loved it. And then, sure enough, I mean, that's enough for them to, you know, get signed on and, hey, oh, we're going to have a full on show about this. Yeah. The eyes look that's jacked. Pretty dope. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's not a well animated. I mean, wow, the, you know the dark black circle eyes. It's not great, but it's kind of like freaking funny. It's though. it's very raw. That's pretty yeah. great, and but it's amazing. And I love there is an episode in season like nine or ten where they make fun of like, uh, or it might be season six or seven where they make fun of like cardboard cutouts. They make their own. Yeah, the kids do. Yeah. They make their own. They make their own like to save the world from being turned off as a reality program because other alien species watch Earth as a, as a TV show. It, it, and that's it's cool that South Park, I mean, they stay up with like the current events and stuff. Like well, that's because that. it only takes seven days to make an episode. They make every episode within a week. It does, yeah. yeah. Wow. So Wednesday they do a meeting. The new episodes will air on Wednesday night. So Thursday morning is the meeting for the new episode and then Tuesday morning it's submitted. Wow. You've never seen the documentary? There's a documentary that Matt Stone and Trey Parker did about their process of making episodes in seven days and how they're able to do it. Wow. It's great. The first two seasons painstakingly yeah. long, and it took them a lot longer than a week. That's why there's only 10 episodes in the first season, and then there's 20, uh, 15 in the second, and then it goes up to 15 to 20. Started implementing yeah. software. Once they got the software going. Still, some of the early episodes are like the best ones. Mm. They really are. The Jesus Christ boy band is my favorite episode, probably. Like the uh, the Power Five Thousand. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm beefing up so I can get jacked, and he's just like the size of a small house. Oh god. Oh, oh god, it's so oh, good. In the show. Oh yeah, dude. Jennifer Lopez hates them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jennifer Lopez and they didn't even try to do her accent <laughs> they, they, didn't, they don't give a fuck I love Trey, I love Trey Parker and Madison they're, they're just so brilliant I love that pick man because that's it's it, it's a humble beginning to what ended up being one of the most relevant pieces of pop culture in the 21st century now we've gone over that mm-hmm. Shay my last one to quote Beetlejuice showtime
Okay, okay so you know I'm mean? um, you know, also going with a short, but this also, I feel like I've probably already talked about this filmmaker because. Uh, Roll the Phil Tibbet. Actually, no, but you can uh, you can relate Phil Tibbet heavily to this filmmaker, and you might even say this filmmaker might have been influenced by Phil Tibbet, mm. um, or not. Uh, because if you're really into say Tool music videos and that kind of style, dark, grungy, grimy, disgusting, um, like oh, I know where we're going. Never mind. Yeah, you know where I'm going with this. So I'm going to mention a different short this time around. I was going to talk about Bobby Yeah. Um, but this time I'm going to talk about what started it all for me was the cat with hands. So the cat with hands is a very gorgeously animated short directed by directed and animated by Robert Morgan. Really, Robert Morgan, yes. my favorite um, current stop motion animator. He only pretty much does. He does exclusively horror. If you look at like a single frame of any of his works, you're bound to be disgusted. It's a nightmare. And yeah, it's his stuff is nightmarish. It's feverish. His most uh, recent release was um, Tomorrow I, I Will Be Dirt. Um, he's knowledgeable about the obscure. Like that was made as a spiritual successor to Shram, which is, uh, I think, an 80s uh, obscure fucking German serial killer film. Which actually I also really enjoy, but he. It just, is exactly that. Actually, it's about serial killer Lothar Schramm. Schramm. I love saying that. All over my face. And did it just? Oh, I think it, I think about it like like it's eating like a wiener. Wiener. and it's from. Does I have sauerkraut enough? Yeah. <laughs> I prefer ladies not put sauerkraut on my wiener. Sauerkraut on my wiener. Don't put sauerkraut on my wiener before you ingest it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he. Oh yeah, if uh, there's any basket case fans, he's also made um. For like a DVD special or something, he made a, a short uh, in tribute to uh, Belial. I think it's called Belial's Dream, and it's it is. It was um, so good. He's also oh, made God. an installment called D is for Deloused for uh, ABCs of Death 2, which Ooh. is one of the best segments on there. It is the only good, one of the only good segments on there. Uh, ABCs of Death 2 is terrible. What about the potty one? Yeah, I have a lot of bad. Yeah, what about the potty one? Yeah, ABC, the potty one's okay. ABCs of Death 1, actually, director of that documentary I mentioned earlier mm. um, about the Superman movie, directed one of the mm. shorts there as well. And ABCs of Death 1. Which one? I think it was Q or W. One of those two. Yeah, okay. Um, honestly, I love ABCs of Death in, in in the same way I love watching like festival shorts programs. You never know which one you're gonna get and how much you're gonna hate it, but at least it's short and sweet. Um it's like life is like a box of chocolate. Life is like a box of chocolate. Sometimes you get one a about a turd, Cat some turd or someone eating farts, or you get a Robert Morgan short. So <laughs> there's that. So yeah, I I will forever, time and time again, be screaming Robert Morgan's name because his his vision is so terribly delicious and nightmarish, nightmarish, and so just so beautifully made. Like everything he does, like the way that he animates his expressions. There's not even a whole lot of like animation that goes behind his expressions because of the way that he creates his puppets and his characters he makes them very fleshy very gross like very visceral very like slimy 
slimy. W, by the way. W? Which one was that? W is for WTF. Oh, that's a cute <laughs> one, actually. I think that one was fine. Oh, John Shep. Oh, Schnep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that one was actually okay. Um, but yeah, Robert Morgan. So I'm gonna start off with the cat with hands. I'm just gonna talk about that one. It's about later. a cat who has baby hands. Yes. <laughs> but there's a reason he has baby hands. And is it really a cat? You don't know. So it's a short, um, it's really actually like pretty disturbing. Um, but not as disturbing as any as it's probably actually the least disturbing out of all of his works which is why I'm starting out with it because it was the very first one that I saw. It got a little bit of virality, which is kind of what kicked off, not his career, but I think kicked off maybe just his YouTube virality um, and kind of put him more on the digital internet map. Um, It's very well animated. It looks incredibly real. That's why, you know, you click on the thumbnails. You're like, that cat looks very real, but he has little child baby hands. Um, terrifying it is terrifying and it, it's actually a uh, mixed media too because it is stop motion animation but the uh the whole of the film or not the whole but the the meaty juicy part is stop motion but it's framed by uh, a live action scene so two yes. live action sequences one at the beginning and one at the end um that are also very well done and very disturbing to me like just creepy creepy gross like scary you already do Yes. Shay was going to bring me creepy. Uh, yes. And in the four minutes of this runtime, I'm sure I will be disturbed. It doesn't even feel like four minutes. But that's another thing is I think there's two versions. So there's like a, a demo and then there's the fuller version where you get the narration and the guy's telling the story oh, about God. the cat with hands. Ugh. And he's a... Uh, ad- don't need hands. They really don't. They just don't. They don't. And it, the way the fingers move are really articulated tapping like the cat is really feeling itself with these hands like really feeling the extension oh no yeah no that's horrific so basically what (laughs) ew (laughs) so basically uh what it is is a gentleman so it's like british uh what would you even call it like early 20th century british people in the middle of a forest there's a well and uh, a tall dark-haired pale silent man approaches a much older man at a well and the older man starts telling the younger man a story about the cat with hands. But then you realize that things are much more connected than they first appear. And it gets uh, creepy, creepy, nasty. And we love it. But Robert Morgan's work always has a way of just making you feel like there's much more story under the surface. And that's when it comes to a head in Bobby Yeah, which feels weirdly very personal. And is much, much, much more disturbing than the cat with hands. So I also highly. Well, there's a kid that. in a straight jacket on the cover. So, um, yeah, no, that's actually just his a straight jacket. I think that's just his body. That's creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like a bag. Yep, it gets much worse. Right, and uh, I have no interest in watching. Don't watch it, his stuff high. Uh, for the first time, don't do that. Same with Mag. Trust me. Same with Mag God. Well, or do I do not ingest marijuana? Thank you. Good job. <laughs> I do not ingest the marijuana. The marijuana, Mount Molly Jane. I do not Mary ingest the marijuana. Um, on the second watch, though, you might want to in- indulge if you want to feel ill, uh, like I did for Mad God. But uh, yeah, that's my pick. I will never, like I said, I will never stop giving this man his flowers. He's a sadist. Deserve. Uh, I'm a sadist or a masochist. 
take your pick and yeah it's lovely it's it we're in a we're in a very gross kind of climate right now as far as talking about horror goes because of tiktok i want to punch um people who talk about horror on tiktok in the face a lot of the time because a lot of the time they only refer to you know high production movies or trendy movies released within the last 10 years so you got your midsummers your hereditaries blah 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 and blah. there's a lot of there's a lot of hyperbole mm-hmm. this is the scariest movie that i've ever seen and it's really fucking it's horrible uh that's how i got roped into significant other because oh, i heard you know michael monroe i'm like oh my girl you she's know? scream queen even though scream both of the movies queen. she's in this year are bad not great yeah watcher's bad well significant other was a million times worse let me tell you it was so much i mean watcher though is has the biggest offense you can have it's boring (laughs) there are parts of it that are boring it felt much shorter but it was also very Very conventional it was very conventional it was quite conventional and uh they were going for i think a kind of rear window hitchcockian kind of thing it work it was not that at all so yeah you have that and in this climate of disgusting tiktok um 10 top 10 lists where they all pretty much have ari aster on them and whatever else was released within the last 10 they need years. more robert egger on the list though. you need yes. more robert eggers yes. but there's no robert imagination there's no originality there's have you seen a movie from before 2015 i don't know so that's just my me griping about tiktok and how much i hate tiktok horror lists and all that i'm i, I want to scream at people all the time just i will don't say pay attention if you them. want a good horror like tiktok to follow my buddy dylan uh, slasher films mm. um he is really good and he knows his stuff he he, he, likes, do, he does the, the deep cuts yeah he does a lot of deep cuts Pun. watches a lot of stuff though and he has really bad taste so Dylan, I said you had bad taste. That could be a really good thing or a really bad thing. Uh, for being a horror-based uh, page, that's a good thing. Okay, good. <laughs> a, lot the, a lot of the best horror films are fucking awful. Yep. For example, the best horror film of the year is a terrible horror film, but a great film, Pearl. Oh, terrible horror film? It's not. It's not scary. Scary. But I don't think it even means to be scary. And it's not a great horror it's film. It's not meant to be scary. But it's, it's just meant to be. a great film. It's. It's meant to be scary, like, well, no, I take that back. I was going to say, like, American Psycho. Unless this you're is... afraid of psychotic women. I mean, it's disturbing, by all means. A lot of people are. But it, it's not quite American Psycho, I was going to say that. But it's, it in a character study kind of way, it's comparable. I think I think the only it's thing missing. It's a fantastic missing, character study. I think I would have liked a, a more, like, a bombastic dream scene of her thinking she's, like, a Gowie girl. Or, like, her dancing in a troupe. Like a nineteen. 19- Honestly, I think we got enough. Or if it was like more like elaborated. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, I got. You. I'm talking like Forty Second Street. Like tears. Yeah, tears, 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 yeah. Like sets and stuff. Yeah, I'm talking Forty Second okay. Street. Camera going through showgirls' legs, mm-hmm. and to the end, pearls just like this. Yeah. That would have been but amazing. At the same time, I think it also in that tiny aspect, I think it works because pearls' dreams and brain are ambitious, but they also don't go that far. You know I mean? No, they never stretch beyond her farm. That's she the point. That a church play is her ticket to Hollywood. Yep, and then and her dreams never stretch further than that farm, and neither does she. Yeah, she just decides, you know, like the world is against her after not getting into a church. Play. I mean, it kind of is though. It is, but at the same time, you know, it's she, just funny. She's she, just she, 
she convinces yeah. herself that it, like I felt frustrated for her just being stuck on that farm. Yeah. Well, you did that. Oh my you, God, the... you did that because her the performance is so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my great. God. Mia Goth is great. It's amazing. Crying. Overacting so bad. It's but so it's, good. Like, okay, so it's like a competition of who can overact the hardest or act the hardest, but it's a competition with herself. Yep. And I love that. I ate that up. It's just like what that actually the makes the movie work better for me. Exactly. That's why it's amazing. It, it works so much better. Mia Goth, it's it's a movie for Mia Goth. It is. It's, it's, it, Mia it's a vehicle for her, and it it's works. Her, and it's anyway. yeah, exactly. That, that's a vehicle exactly. I would get in. Ooh, true. And go for yeah. a ride. It take drive far, far away. Just not getting in that theater owner's car because that's a deadly proposition, as we found out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, uh, Robert Morgan, disturbed individual. Uh, yeah. He should probably well, see sh- therapy. Um, yeah. Well, I guess those, if you watch his shorts closely, that is his therapy. You can tell because of the subject matter that he goes over. It's very dark subject matter, but the way that he expresses, it's like expression, very expressionistic. It's actually, if you're paying attention and you connect the dots and the characters and their motivations together, there's reasons behind why they do things and you could definitely relate them to things that could have very possibly happened yeah. um which i love and I, I watched an interview with him once and he you know they, he turns out to be like a pretty normal guy um they yeah, don't know he's just brilliant highly recommend my last pick is a film that Landon has been wanting to see for years. years. (laughs) It is Mark. It is Mark Evans' documentary about Will Vinton Animation Studio, the animation studio that would later become Leica. It's called Clay Dream, (laughs) and Clay Dream centers on Will Vinton, who in the early late nineteen sixties, early nineteen seventies in Oregon created an animation studio focusing primarily on stop motion involving clay. Stop motion. Um, The inventions that Will Vinton has come up with are innumerable Mm -hmm. in the stop motion game. You you look at it, um, the the California Raisins, he created that. Mm -hmm. You look at Closed Mondays, which is an Oscar-winning short from and the first thing they ever did from 1974 it's game-changing stuff and it came out 50 years ago the pjs i mean this dude this dude was changing the game in 19 the mark twain uh movie also will vinton and the movie goes into the legal dispute that he's in with Nike CEO Phil Knight trying to buy his studio because his son Travis wants to be an animator. And then he did become an animator. He actually directed Kubo and the Two Strings, Travis Knight. Oh. But it was nepotism that killed Will Vinton's studio. And it was nepotism that created Lego, which is named after a Rus- the Russian dog that yes. they sent into space. And that is why I, when I saw Clay Dream, I lost a lot of respect for Lego. Mm. It's unmistakable that Travis Knight does have talent, and I said that in my review of Kubo and the Two Strings. But he got there the wrong way. Mm. He didn't earn it. Mm. And to me, that is a huge 
red flag for me. I don't like people who don't earn their place. It's interesting. I don't know if you guys ever saw Gary and Mike. It was a show that was on Comedy Central, but it is. It was also Will Benson. I just I feel like Leica is kind of going down a road now where it's starting to slowly become like Disney fied. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I can te- definitely see that. I mean, this is how relevant in this in the uh, zeitgeist at the time, especially in the late eighties, mid eighties. Will Benson Studios was they worked with Michael Jackson on Moonwalkers. That's so cool. They worked with John Fogerty. Oh, nice. You know you're relevant when you yeah. can work with, and then of course. We have one of the most horrific things <laughs> you will ever see. Living on Jorge. The, event, <laughs> the Adventures of Mark Twain. Which is so funny. Because it's like that went super, super viral when, uh, especially when YouTube, like, creepy videos lists. A lot of creepy videos talked about, including Blaming on Jorge. Talk, you talked about it. Um, I mean, Mark Twain. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Will Vinton Studios cha- absolutely changed stop motion. It made stop motion. He was the father of it, and Clay Mach- and Clay Dream talks about that. Will Vinton, Will Vinton died in, in two thousand and eighteen. Um, never getting to see the documentary that, about his life because yeah. it did come out at uh at Tribeca in twenty in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. He never got to see this, and so I hope people watching this will check out Will Vinton's work. Wait. It's all over YouTube. Okay. Close Mondays. Oh, the movie you mean Clay May, uh, Clay Dream? You can rent it on on Prime Video for $3.99. Okay. Um, but Will Benson's legacy is all on YouTube. Close Mondays on there. The California Raisin Shorts are on there. I don't know if you guys are ever you're old like me. You remember the Noid? Yeah. The Domino yeah. Noid? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Will Benton. It's a Will Benton creation. Nice. Anything to do with stop motion in the 80s, yeah. marketing wise, Will Benton. And he's the reason it was there. Mm-hmm. And because of nepotism and because of bullshit and because Phil Knight is one of the most powerful men in the world owning Nike, that studio shut that's its doors. Fucked up. <laughs> that's that's and Mark Evans, for his for his, you know, salt as the director of this documentary, doesn't necessarily paint Phil Knight as a bad guy, but also <laughs> Phil Knight. Being Phil Knight makes him a bad guy. He's just throwing the facts at you and you take it for what it is. He's just showing you Will Vinton and the studio that he created and how every single creation of theirs was on a razor blade between getting made and that studio completely shuttering. Wow. And that dichotomy is so well done in the documentary. And it's why it's one of my favorite documentaries in the last five years. Mm. That and I'm an animation nerd. <laughs> and that's what's so fucking interesting is like you have no idea how many just like iconic things exist because Will Vinton existed mm-hmm. and his studio existed. I mean, the I think about like Celebrity Deathmatch is an amazing show, yeah. but it wouldn't exist without without Will Vinton. In his studio, doing what they did in the seventies and eighties and the nineties. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, none of the movies that we've discussed outside of the cameraman's revenge mm-hmm. would oh. exist without Will Benson. Mm-hmm. There would be no Paranorman. Or 
Coraline. Or Coraline. Or The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm -hmm. None of this would exist if it wasn't for Will Benson Studios. Damn, Will. Bring it home. I had to. I had to drop the huge bomb on the last film of this topic. Because it is such a fantastic documentary and such a great portrait of an unheralded hero to cinema. Mm -hmm. And I I really think everybody should check out Clay Drew. Oscilloscope Pictures. uh, Love those guys. They always help us out. Mm -hmm. Um, Is who put it out. Uh, and you guys should definitely check it out. And quite honestly, it, it deserves your eyes. It deserves your attention because it's it's a fucking great documentary, man. I just I just love stop motion animation. I mean, this is here's a great image for you. Here's Will Benton with all the characters that he created throughout the years. No. <laughs> Tell me that's not an incredible image. Yeah. Is his mustache made of clay? No, that's his <laughs> real mustache, man. Oh, yeah. shit. It's a great mustache. It's got a solid mustache. No, it's, nice fertile mustache. That's actually why the uh, image uh, for the poster is it's a mustache. It's a mustache. <laughs> because Will Benton had an incredible mustache. Um, so everybody should definitely check out Clay, uh, Clay uh, Dream. It's fucking great. I wish they had used my review uh, uh, snippet on the trailer because I would have I didn't said all kind of nice things about this movie because I it's funny because I loved the Sparks documentary which I saw literally the the day before but this was better than that and that Sparks documentary is fucking great mm-hmm. the Sparks Brothers you haven't seen it uh-huh. it's, uh, it's great actually it's great if even if you don't like the band Sparks who I didn't know about beforehand it's it's fucking great I love this movie I love that topic was great but before we get to our mystery topic I am gonna bring up. As I usually do, I'm going to plug some stuff for you guys. We do have a Patreon. We hope you'll check it out because, you know, you can help us out. Make sure that we can make some some, some serious dough here. No, I'm just kidding. We don't make any money. And and you guys should definitely subscribe to our YouTube because we definitely want to get to 1K followers. We've gone up almost 300 followers in this year. Um, But we did an interview with writer, directors, and stars of the Cosmos sisters, Whitney Eulen and Nora Kay. That's coming up. And then today I did interview former professional wrestler, producer, and actor Diamond Dallas Page this morning. And you could definitely feel the bang in this interview. Uh, it was great. You guys should check those out. And I'll, I'll give you a little snippet of my interview with DDP. <laughs> I always crack up when I go yoga instructor because, you know, DDP yoga. Yeah, I guess I teach people, but... More like CEO. <laughs> but I do work with a lot of people and teach them my yoga for people who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. <laughs> Not completely true. And you saved a lot of lives. I and mean, from what I understand and from what I've seen, you saved a lot of people and you've helped a lot of people. And that and for me, that goes a long way. And that's pretty amazing, man. And our new our second topic, because our list is going to be coming out soon for the best films of the year. We're not going to talk about that because the list will be out. We're going to talk about some movies that we were disappointed with in 2022. And that's what I was referring to when I mentioned Blonde earlier, because that is a movie that had such potential, but it got fumbled away by bad director decisions, bad miscastings, because I love Anna Darmus, but she was grossly miscast. With If you look at a still of the film, sure. You know, if you look at Anna de Armas in the costume, sure. But with her shirt off, she can't compare to Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> it's the 
bizarre. Marilyn was a thick lady. You know, you could get anything. Her Cuban accent came out more than once. It came out more than once. It came out more than once. And I was very, very upset about that. And the movie's too goddamn long. It's like two and a half hours long. Okay, so I watched uh, an abridged version through uh, YMS's review. Okay. Um, and I don't want. I don't. I don't listen to your movie stuff. I know. I know. He lied, but he has great editors. You know, and yeah. some really good content, some really great content that I've enjoyed. Um. So watching that, she is a content much, enjoyer. Much much less painful than having to watch. I. Oh no! I sat through the whole thing. Poor, son of Poor a bastard. I got to review it. Somebody had to do it. Someone had to do it. I don't know if I could. I really could have said because even watching, you know, snippets and scenes because you know we hear so much about how bad the movie is, but I was like, how bad? Is it's like House of Gucci. I mean, no, House of Gucci is so bad. It's good. We got. We literally couldn't finish that movie. It's so bad, but it's good. Son, I mean, look at look at this. Look how thick those thighs are compared to. <laughs> look how thick Marilyn is compared. <laughs> drugs and her hair was perfect yeah every scene every scene like there's way plus um i don't know if she ever got an abortion but marilyn was in fact infertile because of end of endometriosis mm-hmm. never talks about that mm-hmm. get so many things wrong and i understand that it's a fictionalized version of her life but based on a based on a novel of fictionalized accounts why yeah why does why did the movie it need needed more POV vagina shots though <laughs> <laughs> Definitely did not need more baby cam. Baby cam way through. Oh my god, baby cam. Baby just to see how the baby was doing the entire movie. <laughs> not even not even baby cam. I'm talking about that's what I call the vagina shot the shots out of the vagina. It's baby cam. Because he's like the baby's like this. I'm coming out, guys. <laughs> when he stands over that vent and it blows her dress up, I want to see baby cam on that. Isn't it delicious? They ruined it. So bad. It's one of the best scenes in cinematic history, and you ruined it. It's so bad. Like how did they not? They just do like one or two things. What I really hated was how angry they made Joe DiMaggio get about that. How jealous he was of that. I. What I hated even more is I have to embrace the fact that it's the farthest thing from reality. Or do you know they didn't even call him Joe DiMaggio in the actual cast listing? What did they call him? They call him the athlete. The athlete. Mm-hmm. They don't call. They don't call Arthur Miller. Arthur Miller either. They call him the writer. Is that, um, Adrian Brody. Okay, I was like, <laughs> he looked a lot like Woody Allen. Well, that's exactly what Arthur Miller looked like. That's what Arthur Miller looked like. Okay. Yeah. He had no idea that Arthur Miller was supposed to be in there, but okay. He, he, was, he was his, he was uh, Marilyn's last husband. He was Marilyn's last husband. Hmm. Did they, well, I don't. He wrote that. the movie The Misfits, Arthur Miller, which was Marilyn's last film. Yeah. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. And it's also where the band get their name. Cool. But yeah. No, he, he, it's he, funny. It was Marilyn's last film, but it was also one other actor's last film. Do you know who's? Oh, uh, James Dean. No. No. No, that was something else. James Dean only did three movies. Yeah. No, I have no idea. Clark Gable. Really? Hmm? Cool. Well. No, they call him the playwright. I'm sorry. The playwright. 
Oh my god, Adrian Brody's headshot here. So handsome. That that's the thing though. I don't see him as a handsome person. He's very handsome. I don't think he's handsome. I feel maybe maybe caught me like ten years ago, maybe. But yeah, Adrian Brody's handsome. If I if I was like ten years older, then yeah, but no. I love Adrian Brody. I do. Big fan. He died. I mean, look at that. That's a handsome man. Mm, no. <laughs> love that guy schnoz. gray schnoz very animated schnoz. animated schnoz since we're talking about animation yeah. and he works and he works a lot with uh, Wes Anderson which I love because I love Wes Anderson no there's plenty of room yeah just Adrian Brody alone. He's always got a, like a little stinker, like somewhere in there. Like he'll come up with like some really good movies, and then he'll be in something yeah. like um Splice. Yeah. Splice is bad. <laughs> Splice is very he's bad. He's a solid actor. He does choose really good roles. I think he's pretty. The pianist. He's a fantastic actor. He is a fantastic actor. And I think every now and then he gets caught in a shit trap. Yeah. It's it's one it's the one for me the one for you thing, yeah. It's exactly what it is, because for every detachment, which is a great movie by the way, uh, you know he's in something shitty like Clean, or the French Dish Batch. Oh, was it bad? Yeah, it's bad. You know it's bad. It's so sad because I was so looking forward to that movie. No, it happened. It's it. You know, God delayed. Yeah, no, it's not good. It's not good. Yeah, it's just too up its own ass. And the worst kind of the worst kind of Wes Anderson is the Wes Anderson that's unchecked. <laughs> that's a lot of directors, though. Ones with have particularly our tours, yeah, yeah, yeah. ones that have uh, access to a lot of. It's funny though because I was mentioning that I, I had interviewed. Uh, yes, like Andrew Dominic. Yeah, Andrew Dominic. So, uh, it's like he's made four movies. Two of them are good. Um, Killing them softly. And the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. I have not seen a, seen a single bit of it. Yeah. So this is a bad introduction. I'll you know, Although, uh, do you count the documentary he did? Then yeah, he did a Nick Cave documentary. It's really good too. This much I know is true. We do. The Cave and the Bad Seeds. Why do we need a scene, like a scene of literally giving uh, JFK a blowjob and all of the sex? And all of the abortions. And all of the titties. And all of the titties. He was naked almost the entire movie. That was cool with that. It was like, like reaching I mean, for... Artistic. To be his own, like, Lars von Trier's nymphomaniac. Listen, Andrew Dominic is not Lars von Trier. He has a, you know, like a functioning a functioning brain on his shoulders, unlike <laughs> Lars von Trier. At least has some interesting discussions. And um, at least the abortion scene is much more... Graphic? Because it is. Well performed. It's graphic. Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Gainsbourg's just amazing. Yes. She is. And her, you know, she's worked with her dad a lot and he's a wonderful musician. Probably a bit of a weirdo though with his daughter. Serge, what the fuck is wrong with you? I came across that video trying to look for new music. <laughs> Yeah. And I was like, wait. You ran into Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah. Well, I, I watched it 
specifically because of Charlotte. I was like, I was looking through her old, like, yeah. work and stuff. I want to see more of her movies because she's a fantastic. She has a great but, album, actually, from, like, 2005. It's good. I think I remember that. I, she's like, I've listened to a couple of her Yeah. She had a great album in 05 that oh. I liked. Yeah. That's what it is. It's French folk music. So it's pretentious and French and folk at the same time. Because, you know, everything pretentious is French. And everything French is pretentious. Uh, I think he's American. Hmm. Uh, nope, New Zealand. Wow. He's in New Zealand. Well, his first film, Chopper, is about oh. is about um a criminal from New Zealand. And Eric Bana's in it, so of course you know Eric Bana being in it. It's gonna be fucking Eric Bana. Saw something with him in it recently. I was like, oh, wow. he was, he was a Hulk once, 100% true. He was a Hulk once. No, Blonde is fucking terrible, dude. What a disappointment for me because I love Marilyn Monroe. I do. That's all it is. It's really all it is. Disappointing, and why would you do that? It feels I don't know what, like, where he's trying to come at it from. If it's, I think, I think that this film was. I don't know if it did this on purpose, but it was bound and determined to shatter the iconoclasm of Marilyn. Exactly. I don't know if it was just like a cynical, nihilistic, like presentation based on like a takedown. It feels like a takedown. I don't know if it was supposed to be like, oh yeah, here's how Marilyn was perceived, but that's not how she was perceived at all. Not at all. She's a sex symbol. Yeah. And that, but not like not being and that constantly came along like, assaulted or being told she's a dirty whore. Yeah, and she she was a smart lady. Yeah, she had her issues and stuff, but her like incredibly intelligent. Yeah, incredibly intelligent. And it was it was a the one scene that saves the movie for me. Saves it? No, it doesn't save it because it's still a bad movie. But <laughs> that I enjoyed uh-huh. was she's on the phone with her agent and they're talking about doing the uh, the seven year itch mm-hmm. or no gentlemen for blondes mm. and they're like. Well, what's and she asks what Jane Russell is getting. Mm-hmm. Jane Russell is getting eleven thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and they offered her the minimum fifteen hundred dollars. Oh shit! She's like, money go that. fuck yourself, and she hangs up with her toe. <laughs> you just okay. see her happy as shit, just sitting on the couch, like, fuck those dudes. Right. As we all know, uh huh. She ended up doing gentlemen prefer right. blondes. So the assumption there is she definitely got her point. Yeah, but it's it's so good. weird how it tries to like go over her personal life without being at all personal. Yeah, it, it feels like you're. Uh, you know what they? Okay, so you know what they're calling this kind arsonist of arsonist fly on the wall, misery porn. Yeah, that's accurate. All you're doing that's is watching, all it is watching someone's pain the entire time. Exactly. And and, and again, it would be better if it were like more based in reality and not like actually based. Like, yeah. well, uh, why that book? Why because that source material? I, I, a great example is Charlie Chaplin's son. They were friends, but they were never lovers. What? Yeah. Huh? Charlie Chaplin's son is in the movie as a character. Oh. They oh. Were, they're okay. lovers in the movie, but they were never lovers. Yeah. They were good There's friends, so though. Many things that just doesn't it doesn't even make sense narratively. Same with Edward G. Robinson's son, who's also in the Edward G. Robinson is a classic. You know who he is. I don't yeah, have I, to explain yeah, to you yeah, yeah, who he is. <laughs> Audience, Edward G. Robinson's one of the greatest gangster movie actors mm-hmm. to ever exist he was in double and Dick. yes and, and literally literally there's a dick tracy character based on him. there you go so that's how iconic he is <laughs> nice uh but his son is also friends with charlie chaplin's son and they are both friends with norma jean in blonde 
and they, they they they're they're in a throuple even though they were never together which is a that's a cute concept but why this movie why Marilyn? Yeah, i don't understand it none but of it makes sense what's another movie that was a big disappointment for you oh jesus i had quite a bit uh this year so i guess uh i'll start with a movie that you and i both saw uh starring two amazing actors rebecca hall and tim roth i know exactly where this is going fucking resurrection resurrection what yeah resurrection was a big disappointment i was very excited to see it at sundance when i saw it and i walked out bored nonplussed bored yeah exactly bored and nonplussed and faintly bewildered but mostly just nonplussed bored i got a i, I feel a little bit of a headache coming just thinking about it yeah. because it feels like it's trying really hard to say something but it's not saying anything but it's like whatever it's saying is like it doesn't know how to portray that. Yeah, it's trying to all. say something about like manipulation and, and domestic abuse, I guess, and, and control tactics. But at the same time, it just goes into all this gibberish. If you want to watch a better movie about a similar concept, Steven Soderbergh's Unsane is much better. Mm, I haven't seen that one. He shot it all on four iPhone 8 Pluses. Damn. He's Steven Soderbergh. He, does, he ran out of memory. Damn. So he just had to buy a new phone. They just got more phones, yeah. <laughs> just more phones. Rather than just dumping the memory into like a like a hard drive or something. You've met oh, you've yeah. seen a Steven Soderbergh movie, right? He's not gonna let any take go to waste. There you go. Ever. Uh, <laughs> Ever. I'm trying to think of another film that that was a better version. There's honestly, there's so many of it. I any film looks better than that one. Significant that was, other, obviously, you were disappointed by that one. Yes. Uh, Speak No Evil is a film that I know a lot of people are loving right now, but I feel like that also comes as a fault towards people who are only familiar with contemporary and recent filmmaking. Speak No Evil, I feel, was kind of run of the mill. Narratively, it was really trying to push things onto you. Um, in, in, I can't help but compare it to Funny Games US because that's what it is. It's a poor- Even though it's not an American film? Yes, because uh, it's the same thing. That's it's about, fair. you know, people being societal pressure and uh, the elite classes or upper classes, you know, having feeling like they have to act some sort of way and then other people taking advantage of that. Uh, that's literally, it's literally like, if you describe it as vaguely as I just did, it's literally the same movie. Um, really, honestly, stupid very slow moving you know one thing happens after another no one does anything about it they try to and then they're like eh, i guess not we'll stay a little longer and the ending tried to be all poetic uh i felt like they were really trying to push like an antichrist kind of vibe on there slow motion oh it's so beautiful like a hey listen but that antichrist has something that most people will never have charlie kingston well that and slow motion will depose dick Oh, I thought you were going to say um, uh, female genital mutilation. I thought that was a stunt call. Also that. Female genital mutilation, faintly. There's there's overall mutilation going on. But yeah. you, you, you feel like you're supposed to feel the mutilation, right? When that shit happens and shit goes down. Nope, I didn't feel nothing. Because I was like, you know what? Y'all could have like avoided this a long time ago. And the way that they wrapped everything together and revealed the big old what it is or whatever uh why the characters are doing what they're doing it's not interesting to me i'm bored <laughs> You're uh, like, nope. i was just like i don't care about any of these characters anymore and it was really it was 
the way the narrative was delivered was really backwards. I feel like it could have been a great movie, but it should have focused more on the villains themselves. It should have been a movie about the villains and the antagonists, not the um, not the main people. Because honestly, like the the main characters were just so annoying and bland as fuck. Ugh, just like white white red person ass. number one, <laughs> bimbo bread ass, like white Pete, like three freaking boring ass white people. It's like two, <laughs> two boring white parents, and then their annoying ass little kid. <laughs> Baba Duke level. Baba Duke level is annoying. Cause that kid's no, annoying. Not Baba Duke level is annoying, but but that kid's annoying funny. on purpose. Like functionally annoying. Like she does nothing other than like be like, what do you call it? It's you know she's a commodity. Yeah, she's yeah. a she's a uh, a story commodity. Yeah. She's just there to move the plot. I feel like Speak No Evil is there for people who haven't actually seen real brutalist films commenting on, like, classes. You know, it's funny. I'm going to pick, like, five movies from Sundance. (laughs) It'd be like that, though. Because Sundance, they have their strong movies, and then they have their fucking bad Palm Trees and Power Lines, Jamie Dax movie based on a short film, is pedophilia porn, and I hate it. Sharp Stick. Written and directed by uh, the fat bitch from Girls. Oh, <laughs> hate it! <laughs> Pretentious <laughs> filmmaking at its finest. Uh, Emily the <laughs> Emily the criminal. More boring than exciting. Oh, I'm still I'm still. Gonna... Meet me in the bathroom. I don't know how you fumble this, but it's about the 2000s uh, garage rock scene, and it's not as interesting as it should be. Two that and a half shit. minutes of the of the documentary are just a music video for oh, maps. Oh, documentary. Yes, based on a book. Wow. Two and a half minutes of this documentary are just a music video for the song "Maps" by the AAS. Okay. Well, that's great music. You could have just cut the film two and a half minutes short. There you go. That's interesting. Uh, when you finish "Saving the World," which does come out in February of this year, mm. um, great cast, decent performances, uh, Julianne Moore and Finn Wolfhard. Okay. They play mother and son. Okay. Very disappointed by the because uh, it has a decent script. Very disappointed by the direction of the film. Mm. Who do you know who the who directed it? I don't remember. Okay. I can look it up though. But but I was I'm, I was very disappointed walking out of that one. Mm. And I think A twenty four picked it up too. So wow. Jesse Eisenberg wrote and directed it based on his podcast. Oh, okay. Interesting. It's based on his podcast. Yeah, it sounds like it could be. I was no, I, I walked out very disappointed in that movie. Always try different things. And then I'm gonna give you a big, a big ass action movie that came out this year that was really disappointing for me. I'm not really surprised at this point though. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's the first time Marvel just didn't make any fucking sense. The first time. About it. What I mean is, at least narratively, there's connective tissue. Everything sort of makes sense. We know what's happening and why it's happening. Sam Raimi directed Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, but they definitely did not let him do what he wanted. Yeah, it was definitely the case of Sam Raimi wanted to do Sam Raimi. Yeah, but Disney was like, nope, not don't don't. We're not gonna let you do that because there's definitely some Sam Raimi scenes in there, particularly when we. I don't give a fuck if you've seen the movie or not. There's a scene where we meet the other multiverse version of like the League of Justice and Captain America is actually Peggy Carter and she gets chopped in half by her own shield. Mm -hmm. 
They kill, is, don't they kill like happen? all of Fantastic Four? They kill Mr. Fantastic, which is was really funny. Played by John Krasinski. That was good funny. casting, by the way. On that, yeah. he's just pretty, yeah, flexible. He just looks like if you look at pictures of Reed Richards, he just looks like Reed Richards, and he's like six foot two. So. Yeah, there you go. So he's very tall. Uh, th- this movie was terrible and didn't Funky. make any sense. Um, but even oh glad you mentioned that he's fighting they're fighting um scarlet witch who can change reality so scarlet witch comes in changes the reality that's what happens is she kills them using things that they can't control so the movie sucks the movie was just not well made it was fine but that's scott derrickson directed that one Scott Derrickson, who did, um, he's a horror director. He did, um, what's that one with Ethan Hawke? Uh, oh, oh, not shit. It, you know it. Where he's the filmmaker. Right. It's uh, not the Black Phone, but no. it's kind of the But I think Derrickson universe. also did Black Phone. Yeah. I didn't edit him. <laughs> Pretty boring. Hey, Sinister. Sinister. That's not, yeah. No, I was like, not insidious, not um, insidious. Duel, also a disappointment for me, and I don't know what I was expecting because Riley Stern's other movie's pretty good. I was disappointed with Windfall. I did not like Yeah, it. I get that. Yeah. I didn't see it, though. It was trying really hard to be like a, like, kind of a, a 1940s-inspired mystery drama. Hmm. And it was pretty boring and the characters were unimpressive that hmm. was it it was just unimpressive overall pretty i do like the poster the po- exactly that's what drew me in it's very throwback um plus but, he's the same director as the one i love and the one i love it looks like the one i love poster exactly yeah. it's uh you know it's going for that whole kind of 40s aesthetic vibe what is but, it what do they call it uh what is the the 1920s look called i forget what it's called um um, I have no idea. There's a lot of them. No, but there's a specific style that they they not deco, is it? Not, no, that Art Deco. Oh, is it Art Deco? Oh, yeah, that's my fave. It has like a very Art Deco look. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, that's I, I like that's Art Deco good. looks. You yeah, know, just when they're functional and they work. Yeah, um, and you know, in, in that too, and in, in the poster, you get what he he's going for, but it's just pretty bland uninteresting jesse you know you're really trying to lean into it in the in the intensity of it but it's just like a convoluted boring drama now i'm gonna ask you for the biggest surprise of the year for you some movies that surprised you mm, ones that you didn't have expectations of being good and okay um let me look through my list shit um... oh i'll start triple r triple r it's a Bollywood film. Ooh. What's um, that about? Oh. <laughs> we have an hour? Yeah, uh, okay, so the film is about a man mm-hmm. hired who is hired by his village. He is the village protector. Mm-hmm. He has to go find a little girl who was stolen by British colonialists. Mm-hmm. And he has to he basically plays undercover as a poor mechanic's son. Mm-hmm. 
and befriends a man who is actually a British police officer, but he's Indian as well. Okay. And the two don't know that each other aren't who each other are. Ooh. Until they do. Twist, twist. Until they do find out who each other are. This movie's insane. Uh, the main character, who is the assassin, mm-hmm. hits another man with a live motorcycle. Damn. As a weapon. <laughs> nice. There is a scene where our hero jumps out of a car and with blankets, right? And he pulls blankets off and coming out of the cages of those blankets are t- lions, tigers, and, 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 and snakes that he's had captive in those cages without feeding them oh. for several weeks. And he uses that to do... This movie's insane! I, I had the one that we see with the monkeys. Oh, Monkey King? Monkey King. I actually have that movie upstairs. I, I, I own it. <laughs> and there are like two of those movies. Yeah, movie? yeah. Oh my god. Um, I was really surprised by this movie because I it's like almost three hours long. Yeah, and it's incredible. It's, like a good time. A, it's in. It, it's a great time. I just could not believe how much fun I had watching this. Oh, movie. three hours seven minutes. I had so much fun watching this movie, and there's a lot of handsome Indian fellas. Oh yeah. So if you like handsome Indian fellas, credit <laughs> beefcakes. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Ram Sharan Teja, who plays the cop, is a very handsome fellow. Um, so films that surprise me. Also, SS Rajamuli should have a best uh, director nomination for this movie because it's fucking incredible. It's so good. One that was in your list that I just seen that surprised me was the new Hellraiser. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Holy crap. Still waiting for that to get written up. I have mixed feelings on it, but yeah. Um, See me throwing shade though. Just now. Yeah, I have mixed feelings. It was a good time. It was a good time. The new Hellraiser is amazing, or the new Pinhead. Oh yeah, okay. the new Pinhead did incredible. I will say, even despite your constant praise of it, Pearl was a surprise for me too. Yeah. I I, I was I was oh, like because I didn't like X. I was like I'm not gonna like this movie. I really liked X, but um, I don't know. I knew from the beginning that X was iconic for me or at least Maxine was an iconic character because she starts off her first scene yelling at herself in the mirror after doing a fat line I'm a fucking star you're a fucking sex symbol and I'm like okay go off queen but go off queen uh, yeah Pearl Pearl was a great movie and I'm glad you enjoyed it I did I really did enjoy the movie I I thought it was quite good yeah um and I did not expect to enjoy it um um one i forget i think it came might have come out of um fantastic fest or something but sissy was a really cool movie oh yeah i actually really really liked it that looked like it was gonna annoy me though because of the whole gen z like yeah that looked like it was gonna annoy me um which partially it's meant to annoy you but it doesn't annoy you in in the way that gen z center movies typically annoy you gotcha it you know it includes the whole thing about social media and stuff but it specifically really talks about how the pressure of social media can mm-hmm. cause someone to do things but it's rooted in like bullying and then it kind of spirals into how like like this collective like online bullying is you know, like takes its toll how like the internet you know having a career on there monetization and all that but it was really cool it was really well acted um it was like kooky a little kooky kind of quirky uh but i had a really good time with it i really liked the kill scenes the kill scenes were surprisingly creative they kind of have to be i mean that's fair but a lot of a lot of the times they weren't you know and uh also the way that 
social media is presented isn't cheesy or lame. Um, it feels pretty real because it centers around a social media star who bases her whole brand around mental health, mm. even though her mental health is like actually not doing so good. So that's <laughs> a really fun dynamic. I, I, w- I also want to bring up, I want you back. I'm going to do two Jenny Slade movies because I love Jenny Slade. Uh, I want you back and Marcel the Cell with shoes on. Marcel the Shell with shoes on is so good. It's so good. It makes you happy. You just leave happy. I felt that way just watching the trailer. Marcel is an icon. Yeah, an icon. Period. And I Want You Back is one of the better romantic comedies of the last 10 years. Mm. It's incredibly good. Charlie Day and her have such good chemistry. And they do a rendition of Suddenly Seymour in there. I'm a huge oh, fan of Little Trouble Horror. So Charlie Jenny Slade absolutely nails. Charlie Day is amazing. Charlie Day is amazing. I love this movie more than I thought I would. And I also, I want to bring up uh, BJ Novak's Vengeance. Oh, yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. bad. It's better than it deserves to be. (laughs) Okay. Barbarian. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it. So, I, you know, we were all hoping for the best with Barbarian. And Barbarian is really, I think people, I really like how much people are reading into it because I think it deserves it. Right. But it's a kind of movie where you go into it, you watch it, and you're like, what the fuck? Why would you, <laughs> what, what is this movie? But with the context, there's a certain um, source material context that goes into it. And that's where basically, that that's the whole film's basis. Um, and understanding that really makes the movie. But um, you know how vague the trailer was is what reeled me in. Because it, it didn't tell you what kind of movie it was going to be other than, oh, you're, we got Miss place at the same airbnb and you see fucking um bill skarsgård's cute little face uh horrifying face horrifying face (laughs) he is i think he's uh, i get why people send him but he's got a you know i can never not unsee him he has an alternative look pennywise he is not he can cross he can not cross his eyes but like uncross them he can space them out bill skarsgård is not traditionally handsome like his brothers that's a good way of putting it He's like not traditionally handsome, yeah. but in a white way he is. To be fair, neither one of these ladies is traditionally handsome either, but they're both attractive. Very true. That's the most Shea image to ever exist, yes. It's from Nymphomania. I know. <laughs> I know what happens with those characters. But anyway, Barbarian was fun. It was actually a really, really fun movie. It uh, had a really like gross concepts behind it. A lot of gross things happen. Um, there's this one part. Uh, I hope it's, how can I say it without spoiling? Someone jumps off of a thing and it's the funniest fucking thing of all time. <laughs> it's probably one of the funniest, like most fun moments I've had with a movie uh, this year that came out this year. Um, but other than, you know, the hilarities and stuff, it's about things that I think uh, matter. And the way that they're presented is really interesting and creative. Uh, my only thing with that is it feels the story feels like incomplete mm. because sometimes it just drops characters mm. without like ever going back to them or like being like oh yeah this is where they came from or this is why they were here in the first place um like bill skarsgård's character like that his character was honestly kind of lost on me um but other than that it was a good time i get that uh salulum Sa- salulum salulum which is a movie. Sure, it's not slalom. 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 
Slalom. Salum. Salum. Okay, Salum. Sorry. Uh, this one is on Shutter, and uh, what did it take place in? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at uh, it was directed by Jean Luc Jean Luc Herbolo. Sorry, what country is it? I know it's African. African, but can we? Oh, Senegal. Oh, so Africa. Yes. <laughs> so it's an African film, and it's a it's an action movie. That's French um, Africa, formerly French, French Africa. Africa. Yeah, they, they speak French there. Um, it was really good, actually. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. You actually like really get attached to the characters. It feels a lot like watching a comic book or a comic book movie, you know? Yeah. Um. And it was just fun. It's just a fun movie. I don't have anything else really to say. About I just realized what my my two biggest surprises are two big movies. What? Uh, the Batman. Yes. It has no right to be that, that good. That is so true. It has no right to be that good. I thought it was going to be bad, straight up. It has no right to be that good. Solid. It's a really freaking solid movie. It's so good. It's brilliant looking, yes. well directed, well acted. Mm-hmm. Everyone's killing amazing, it. yeah. Like well acted. The casting is insane. Cinematography's incredible. Gorgeous. It really it feels like how comic book movies in twenty twenty feel. Yeah, exactly. Fuck Marvel, and then kind of fuck the deep. Like I want Matt Reeves to make more Batman movies. Exactly. They look like that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I was. I. I'm not surprised though. Matt Reeves is a great director because you know we've had like not a great streak with the dramatic superhero films. Joker was fun. Joker was not good. I don't. I I liked Joker. Joker's a movie of half measures, and I don't like half measures. That's fair, but also to be fair, they were trying to squeeze. king of comedy uh into a, a dc yeah. movie yeah so that's fair and giving it that grace i still enjoyed it um but man i i was like i was preparing myself i was bracing myself my family took me to see that movie because i was like otherwise i don't think i'm interested in seeing this movie boy am i glad i was wrong because you know how touchy i am yeah the, cat, the whole Catwoman subject yeah i'm very protective about that a very territorial because of michelle pfeiffer because of michelle pfeiffer and batman returns is incredible and she will always be my cow but zoe kravitz zoe kravitz nailed it she killed it she did her own i thing. did tell you i interviewed her her husband right no mm. Mm, no he was in love carl yeah what they're married yeah. you you interviewed carl who's yeah damn okay was he nice Super nice. Holy shit! Is that? I like. He's that a, interview's he's a, up. He's a great fucking actor. He's a great actor. God bless him. I'm, that interview's up, by the way. I would. Did you? You didn't ask him about love, did you? Very handsome man. Mm-hmm. I did not. That's good. That's probably for the better. Yeah. He. Uh, you. That movie speaks for itself. Yeah. It says a lot. Mm-hmm. But also <laughs> nothing at the same time. Nope. But it's okay. Nope. That is okay. I actually really like that movie. The Batman is fucking great. It it is fucking. I actually great. really like Matt Reeves as a director. Cloverfield's great. Let Me In. The remake is decent. The two movies he did for the uh the two sequels to Planet of the Apes that he did are both fucking great. You know what's funny? I haven't seen a single other movie of his. They're great. I uh I've stayed away from Let Me In because I. It's fine. I stick to the original. It's actually fine. Yeah. I've, I've heard me. It's hey. a. I love uh, Chloe. It's a well-made Chloe Glace Moritz remake, unlike Carrie. Oh, uh, yeah. The only thing that the new Carrie got right was, or better, 
was a scene where she was being bullied in the showers. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't as sexualized, and that was it. Yeah, but you know, it's the seventies. Yeah. The original. Yeah. Uh, my other two. Uh, I was I had no expectations for that Top Gun sequel, but it's so good. I don't. Yeah. It's go. so good. I still haven't seen it. You will. Okay. <laughs> Wait, it's so good. That you said that. You that. will. She will. She will. <laughs> Which is it's, another okay movie. It's so good. Uh, Top Gun Maverick does everything that the original Top Gun did, but like better than the original Top Gun. Uh, and I'm not kidding about that. Every single thing is better in this movie. Except the soundtrack. Let's see. Another, let's see. The oh. Medium was this year. Um. Yes, and Prey was my last one. Right, I, I really want it's to see that one. It's fucking phenomenal. That's what I've heard. And I love the contest. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's the best movie in this franchise. In the Predator Fuck franchise. Yeah. It's the best Predator movie. I love that. If, what, what, when is it set again? It's like the cowboy era. So like that's late amazing. 18th century natives. That's yeah. That's like such a great fucking contest. So it's literally like tomahawks against yeah. a fucking Predator. Fuck oh, yeah. Gosh. That's, that's so crazy. cool. Though. It's dope as shit. Because there's I've that that is a match. There's a whole match. scene about because these friend these French fur trappers trap our hair our, our heroine, and you know they're gonna do bad things to her, and somehow the predator saves her while also simultaneously not you know trying to you know trying to kill every single person in his sight. Mm-hmm. This movie's incredible. Oh, I'm so excited to see it. I watched it on a bus to L.A. and. I was like, man, this is amazing. I I walked out so happy with it. It's one of my f- biggest surprises of the year, and it's one of my favorite movies of the year. And I really, really, and fresh also. Oh, fresh! That that's the that was a Sundance actually. It was okay. Good because perfect good Sundance, Sundance horror movie. Yeah, um, perfect Sundance horror movie. It's. Although it's just a really well done, intense drama. Your boy Brandon's bringing his new new horror oh, film. What is it called? Infinity Pools. No, I think that's something else. That's the other Mia Goth. What no, is it? Infinity? No, it's Infinity Pools. That's yeah. Look at the director of Infinity Pool. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mia. We have no idea what it's about. And I do. That's the exciting part. I can I tell you right know. now. Don't tell me. I won't, though. I'm going to go in cold. She's I'm in there. I'm going to go back to Sundance. She's in there with Bill's more handsome brother, and Alexander. I would be the only one clapping in that theater. She's the in there with her with Bill's more traditionally handsome brother. He's very handsome. Pretty handsome. Yeah. Oh, did she, oh, my God. That's him. Okay. It looks good. My respect for him. Yeah, Just one he that okay now i'm attracted to him yeah right speaking of attractive there we go oh oh there you go mike michael shannon michael shannon who doesn't like michael shannon and if you haven't heard our interview with michael shannon you should because he's the shit he's the goat he's beautiful this tarzan tarzan the northman oh the northman's so good so good. He was amazing in Big Little Eyes too, which is funny because I saw Big Little Eyes, and he plays Nicole Kidman's husband. Yeah, I haven't seen it. He he plays a terrible fucking husband. But and he, then, then Nicole Kidman plays his mom in the in Northman. The Northman. Yeah, that's weird. And then what happens in the Northman just makes it really fucking funny. Yeah, it's great. You should watch Big Little Eyes. It's actually really great. Laura Dern, 
I love order. Scenes. I love order. She fucking like I don't know how she she wrecks some shit. She like fucks some shit up. Uh, we love her. I do love her. It's a great cast. I and Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. Shailene Woodley, also Zoe Kravitz. I can take him, take her leave. She's crazy. She's actually amazing in this. She's a crazy because person. I used to be like that. Is she? Dude, she's like into like hardcore herbal bullshit. Oh, like goop shit? Yeah, like goop oh, no. holistic bullshit. Like Gwyneth okay. Paltrow level shit. Oh, no. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers dumped her ass, dude? That's not great. Uh, but, but she was actually fantastic. Uh, she's a decent actress. She... White Bird in a Blizzard? Come on now. Have you seen that? We talk about it a lot. Greg <laughs> yeah, Greg Araki. I think that was actually my first Greg Araki movie I ever saw. It's not a bad place to start. It's it's really not because I... It's more, it was it's the Cockpit Twins... It was the Kaku Twins song it's for me. It's more digestible than a lot of Greg Araki's movies. I think so. I think I could have digested any one of his movies because it's like I'm open to that shit. But going from that, and then we watched Smiley. Or was it Smile? It was uh, Smiley. Smiley Face? Smiley Face. Smiley Face. A great fucking uh, Anna Faris Stoner movie. Yes. And then Mysterious that. Skin, which wrecked my shit. And I, I needed some time. Mysterious Skin will wreck your shit. We'll I love that it. movie, though. So freaking good. I, the first time we ever watched Mysterious Skin. One at of JGL's best performances. Not his best, it, though. That was epic. He's great for the movie. Not 500. 500 no. 500 is not. No, I'll have to. He's go. so relatable. No, I'll have to go for Mysterious Skin on that one. Or, or Brick. I haven't seen Brick. Yeah, you're missing out. Brian Johnson's best movie. The first time we ever saw Mysterious Skin, when it ended, I was crying in his lap. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. It's very emotional. That film will do that to you. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Infinity Pool. I'm looking for it. Plays the Sundance. We love Brandon Cronenberg. No, no. You love Brandon Cronenberg. We love Brandon Cronenberg. He's doing his thing. You love Brandon Cronenberg. I, I Possessor do. made me want to kill myself. That but it was a good movie. <laughs> uh, you didn't like Andrea Riseborough wearing a prosthetic cock. I always love Andrew Riseborough doing everything. <laughs> Actually, the movie that I interviewed Carl Glasman for has Andrew Riseborough in it. <laughs> Good? Please, baby, Which please. One? Oh, I haven't seen that one. It's weird. Or heard of it. Mm, like, I should see it weird or you're probably not gonna resurrection like it weird. weird? No, like, you're not going to like it weird. Oh, it's, okay. like, it's like a pseudo musical. A pseudo musical? I can like that. It's like John Waters. I love John Waters. I know. It felt like John Waters. Oh my god! All right, someone's grabbing their crotch and rubbing it. Yeah, Carl Glasman. Of course, we all knew that. Carl, Carl has every right to. (laughs) No, this looks cute. It's actually pretty. Yeah, it looks kind of funny, actually. It's very funny. West Side Story. It looks. What does it remind me? Andrew Resbro's chewing every scene. Love that. She's chewing the that guy. What have I seen? I've seen that guy in lots of stuff. What have I seen him in? This 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 husband guy? Yeah. Harry Potter. Harry Milling. He wasn't. Oh, he played Dudley. Oh, good for him. No, yeah. I've seen him in other he stuff. Lost a lot of weight. Yeah, good for him. That's fun. Good for him. Yeah, this movie's weird. Um, another movie that I felt was a, a happy little surprise was um an obscure little movie that James reviewed called We're All Going to the World's Fair. Did you watch it? I did. You like it? I loved it, actually. I know a lot of people fucking James hate that movie. James fucking loved it, dude. I love it. James uh, loved and it. he is correct because people keep trying to label it as a psychological horror, 
and it absolutely is not um it's just one of those mood movies man and you just feel it it hits home it was like what was that one movie that i saw about the high schoolers anyway it's sad it's very sad and it's about a teenage girl's uh dwindling mental health being infantilized by uh, a grown man on the internet well played with the use of the word infantilized thank you thank you and it was well it was properly used. like i said it was deeply deeply built uh, my last one is going to be a documentary that I had expectations of being, you know, a documentary, but it made me cry like a baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, Butterfly in the Sky. Mm-hmm. It's about reading Rainbow. About uh, the history of reading Rainbow. Yeah. And if you're my age or Landon's age, that show means a lot to you. There you go. <laughs> Am I wrong, though? Reading Rainbow to us, to to people of a certain age means a hell of a lot to, to, to a hell of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And the way that they frame how important the show is juxtaposed to the fact that this show probably should have never been made. Mm. You have a public access television show about reading to children hosted by a black man in the Mm eighties, a black man whose only other role previous to this was as Kunta Kinte in roots. Mm. That, that was his only role before this. And I don't want to flex, but you know, LeVar Burton retweeted my my review of it. I don't want to flex. LeVar Burton himself retweeted it. Um, and I'm I'm looking for it. I'm hoping hoping to get it because the movie's incredible. It's really great and it really is a time capsule of a period that you never will get to experience. I was you there weren't, like one day. You weren't ever born. Mm. You know oh I mean? no, I saw Jane Rainbow like yeah see yeah yeah but but to, to to guys my age and, and landon's age it's like that was every day yeah we didn't have nickelodeon was showing some stuff and cartoon network was being created yeah in the mid in the early 90s but really all we had was pbs mm-hmm. so you know we learned to read from lavar burton you know mr rogers taught us how to be a person that one also made me cry. Uh, it taught taught us how to be a person. Bill and I taught us how to blow shit up. <laughs> Lynn Thigpen, as the chief, showed us how to how geography worked with where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Yes, you know what I mean. And all these shows, all these public access shows, Miss Frizzle showed us that school could be an adventure at any time. And and, and without these these programs. I think that the world would be a very different place and probably a much worse place. I mean, I, who knew how to draw or do anything with art without Bob Rasho? How to paint happy little trees. And that's what makes Butterfly in the Sky so amazing. Because I was just like, oh, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. But it's on it's on level with Won't You Be My Neighbor mm-hmm. as, as to how good a documentary is. It is incredible. And I don't know if it's out yet, but if it's out yet and you have not seen it and you're old an old-ass bastard like me uh you have to check this movie in fact i'm gonna check it and see if it's out yet or not it is not critic reviews there are literally six of them there are literally six reviews on here for this film one of them is mine number two because of alphabet Alphabet. poster's gorgeous isn't it yeah that's really cool it's based on the original uh opening of the show incredible man 
Uh, yeah, it's technically not released yet. Um, uh, if you can't, unless you count Tribeca, it's just playing festivals right now. But I would recommend it. Uh, you think but, it's gonna get the Oscar now? It probably not because it hasn't. It, it didn't get wide release. You have to follow certain rules to get an Oscar nomination. That's just. Maybe if they push it in LA and New York in the next few weeks, and then, but it might just play festivals for this year and then next year, run. But that is this episode. Now, as per usual, we're going to be doing our normal goodbye, and we're going to start with Lennon. If people want to follow you or harass you on the internet, where would they do that? You can find me on Instagram at Landon underscore M-U-N-O-Z. Munoz. Munoz. Because he is Puerto Rican. <laughs> Cuban, you bastard. Same flag. <laughs> Anywho, uh, there's a link for all my handles on there, including my website, and uh, yeah. Because he is an actor, because he's and handsome, he's and a model, because he's handsome. He's handsome. He's not. Anyways, don't get any ideas. I'll beat you up. Shay's not going to beat you up. Shay, Shay can't beat anyone up, because Shay is like five foot one. No, you cannot. Shay can't actually beat anyone. Yes, but what she can do is tell you where to fi- find her on the interwebs if she wants to get harassed by you. I could do all of the above and uh, actually feel free to harass me now um, because I'm trying to uh, Still waiting for that copy get book. as um, they didn't give me any free copies except for one. And I don't know if they're going to give me another one. So I'll see if I can so get another one. Yeah, but I'll sign it. Yeah, okay. Um, but oh yeah, that's a good segue into yes. That's what I was doing, I was giving I um uh, yeah, I'm gonna use that segue. Yes, I have a book. Um uh, it's called Just Another Meat Eating Dirt Bag. It was written by the fantastically talented, amazing, kind, uh generous Michael Anthony, um, who's a war veteran. He speaks on his experiences uh post uh vet career. The link is below. Go buy the goddamn. Um the link is in my bio of my Instagram, which is limina underscore nineteen ninety nine. So that's like liminal the word without the L underscore nineteen ninety nine. One of my favorite years for films. Um a great year for film, not so much for the world because she was born then. <laughs> and that is when the apocalypse started. That is when I was I the Antichrist was born. He exited the womb on in September of nineteen ninety nine. My poor mother's tiny um womb. Crevice. <laughs> crevice. <laughs> your you mother's your mother's womanly crevice. <laughs> and yeah, there, you go. there you go. And then of course, following everywhere films not reviews. And make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok because it's more fun over there. So you can get a. If, you, if you're not following us on YouTube and you want to get a, hint, a taste for what our YouTube is like, go visit TikTok. We put stuff on there all the time. Uh, and then, of course, my my you can follow my regular uh, tw- uh, Twitter account. Uh, it's my first name, down my last name. On Twitter, I talk a lot of shit on there. A lot of shit. And my, my uh, current display photo is one of my AI photos. One of my AI-generated photos. Um, I look like a member of... I look like a member of a cast member of Dune. Well, <laughs> that's gonna be like the, uh, the documentary they make on you. That's gonna be the poster. <laughs> that's gonna be the poster. 
Uh, it's 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 very funny um, because look, I look like I'm in blood on the dance floor. Oh my god, I'm in out of the round table. Um, but make sure you're following us, guys. This has been the Snobcast episode 19. I don't know what the title is going to be yet, but it's definitely going to be Coraline related. The photo. We'll see what we'll see what kind of bullshit she comes up with. Hopefully, this is out by Christmas. If not, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. I love all of you, but hate Christmas. Okay. Jesus' birthday's in April. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.